Hey, this is Mike Norton. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, I think. Well, these guys got a thousand shows. <laughs> I don't know if I should put the echo on in this episode because the echo is going to take up time. <laughs> We're going to do like a special that. intro. It's who's doing the intro. It's like this um, is the 300th episode and the 11 Clossers. So that's some important shit. Well, technically it's not. It, it will be titled the 300th episode. Oh, technically it's not. What do you mean titled? So, because... Well, we also just oh, no, 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 no. It will be yeah. the 300 episode because you skipped 13. So, yes, it is. I love how episode. I skipped 13. Well, you did. Once, once, um, once again, you're fucking fucking. Did it work? I was, it work? Ex- I was very selfish this episode, and I let someone introduce the episode who captured three of my categories. Oh, I never used to think Yeah. So. Okay. There you go. What's up, brothers? Ooh. What? Ooh. Yeah, long week, long cold week. Yeah, so no far. doubt, no doubt. Right. Punctuated so. by the the bad karma of last week, but kudos to you and David for at least keeping the spiritual uh, weekly. We could not yeah. let you guys down. Good work. <laughs> so I'm I'm talking to Marta this morning. And I'm like. She's like, so what happened last week? I was like, ah, oh, some computer issues, and we ended up not not doing it. It's like, well, what did they do? And I was like, well, I think I think Vince and David recorded something, but God, I don't know why. It's like, you know, it's a meaningless streak, big deal. And she's like, I don't know, honey. I was looking uh, on iTunes at some of your reviews, and a lot of people say, you know, that you guys never miss a week, so it's kind of a big deal. And I'm like, you too. Yeah. You know what? I, I think now we know where the brains are. The, the, uh, Definitely. I mean, I'm not. I'm not totally superstitious, but I do think there is something to be said for the consistency. And I know you could make the case, well, missing a week's not a big deal, but I think there's something to it. I do. I think there's something. You can't, you can't put that back. You, yeah. Once you, you miss it, it's court, Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's like BitTorrent. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. <laughs> Lean and mean today. Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics, the milestone episode 300. It's also the 11 o'clockers for 2013, and I'm Vince B. It's it's the no one told us to stop and uh, let's have an award show episode. I go. love it, and I'm Christopher Naisman because you can do anything you want on a podcast. That's what I was saying mm-hmm. on the episode that no one will ever hear. <laughs> I said so much nice things about you guys. Yeah, you did. Uh, never again. I, <laughs> I am David Price. Oh yeah, you are. And fresh from the mind of Jake Parker, I am the Antler Boy. Aww. No, you're not the Antler Boy. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And this lean and mean episode has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Like I always say, get your comics cheap, get them quick, get them delivered right to your home. No muss, no fuss. Uh, they have lots of spotlighted specials, 35 to 75% off. Check them out. If you haven't, you will be amazed at how inexpensively you can get a whole bunch of books. DCBService.com. Boom. Nicely Boom. done, sir. Yeah. This is it. Long awaited, much anticipated 11 O'Closkers. And I want to say I'm proud of everybody for taking the time to fill out the sheet. Proud of everybody. Yeah. Except. <laughs> No, I, I think Chris filled out a sheet. We didn't get no, to I see didn't. the sheet, 
But no. he definitely filled it out, so I'm proud of him too. Uh, no. Chris does care. I do care. I do care. I know you do. Contrary to, to what you, the, the, uh, aroma you, you exude, you do care. I do care. Absolutely. I, care. I know you do. I know. You wouldn't uh, be here now if you didn't care. I know since we have a bunch of categories and it's going to run long, uh, we want to jump right in, but could I preface the uh, awards with a couple, uh, points for the listeners? I think it's necessary. Okay. So, I think this is our fifth annual, yes? I believe is so. It? Pierce, okay, sure. Yes, I appear so. I think this is our fifth annual. Uh, and I have to say a big thank you to our listener community who, uh, every year has, um, continued to increase the number of submissions that we receive and the feedback. Uh, you guys are awesome and gals too. Uh, this year we switched it up a little bit in that, um, in previous years we had the, uh, nominations and voting from the listeners, um, on the, uh, forums and it worked reasonably well, but you know, um, as much as we do love our forum community, uh, the simple fact is there are a, a, a massive amount of vast preponderance of our listeners that do not participate in the forum, uh, try as we might. And so this year we opened up the voting process to the general internets uh, via a survey monkey survey, and I think it went quite well. We had a deluge of responses, uh, a little over 900 responses, which is pretty astounding, all things mm-hmm. considered. Um, and I will say, though, for those that maybe this is their first 11 o'clockers, um, a couple of things to remember. I think the four of us collectively read a uh, pardon my French, shit ton of comics. Um, but you know, a lot of we, we do read a lot of comics, but we also probably buy a lot more than we read, at least in terms of the, the immediacy of it. So keep in mind, like any award show, this is stuff that we, it's our votes, it's our opinions. Yeah. And, um, this is, it's not a best of, yeah. it's a, fa- it's a favorites. Right. It's the favorites of yeah. what we've read. And, yeah. and there's really two things to remember with that. One, you know, there are tons of stuff that we, uh, will likely have already bought or will read that came out this year, but we just didn't get a chance to. And so unfortunately, you know, it's not going to make the list. Doesn't, doesn't mean it's not some of the best stuff that hit the, hit the, uh, the, the, the streets this year. And the other thing to remember is that, uh, again, I know it's shocking to people, but, uh, while we do read a lot of the same stuff, we all don't read all the same stuff. So, you know, there are going to be stuff that, uh, some of us probably voted for that, that other members just didn't, you know, didn't even read. So that's just the way it goes. Um, and, uh, nobody take any, uh, our listeners don't, don't take it personally if we don't shout out your stuff. Cause, um, I'm sure we all agree that, uh, certainly for me doing the, the, um, my choices this year, it was by far and away the hardest of the five years. Um, I feel like I read maybe the most I've ever read, but also uh, there's just a lot of quality stuff, and, and it was very difficult to ultimately decide who my favorites were in all these categories. Yep. So um, just keep that in mind. And then um, last but not least, just an interesting observation. I thought when we opened it up to the Internet, uh, I expected that we'd get a lot more responses, which we did, but I also thought that we'd get a much more um, non-EOC-flavored you know, voting contingent. Like I thought we'd have votes for lots of stuff that maybe we hadn't even read or, or talked about. Mm-hmm. But I will say that, uh, that, that even with the voters, um, that took the time, clearly our show and what we talk about and read definitely had an influence on this voting block because you could just look at like, if you look at the raw data, I mean, um, you know, the books that got a preponderance of the, you know, of, of the support were books that we definitely, you know, talked about to some degree. Uh, and very few books that weren't on our radar really made much of a, of a, uh, of a showing. Um, in fact, I think 
of all the responses, there were literally like you could count on two hands how many like DC votes people got. And again, that that's I think more of a byproduct of our listenership and what we focused on this year than it is in general because plenty of other uh, you know, award shows and podcasts and, and websites gave DC plenty of love this year. So again, keep that in mind. The, even though the voters technically vote for who they like, I think it definitely are our preferences and, and recommendations definitely had an impact on the outcomes. So, yep. wow. you know, and, you know what? And, and I think, it, you know, at the end, this is exactly what we've always wanted it to be. And it's a celebration of comics. It's a celebration of the last year of comics. Definitely. Yeah. Well, the, the past year. Don't, don't say the last year. It's like they're never coming the back. Pa- the pa- the, yes. Yes. yes this this is past, the past year. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, let's do this. All right. All right. First up. Uh, first up is, uh, is a great category. It is the biggest news of the year. And, uh, every year there's, uh, tons of announcements. They, they seem to, uh, they seem to, uh, kind of, uh, come out in a bunch in in San Diego uh but more and more we've seen announcements spread out throughout the year there's you know different uh uh different expos and conventions where there's big announcements and uh and as uh different media has started to uh uh to really branch out and I think that geekdom and and the entire the entire um culture has continued to uh to widen I think that we see big news uh, all over the place and uh, and so I'll lead off uh with mine and for me uh it was outside of outside of uh comic books but still within the the comic industry and I think what will end up being the the biggest uh news uh hopefully in retrospect because I have very big expectations is the Marvel Netflix announcement uh to do a series of uh of shows that are uh, exclusive to to Netflix of the uh the um the ground level uh Marvel heroes that was my big news i i agree with that that was that was mine as well it's uh it it's Nowadays, we're so used to having uh, big announcements with in, in the movie theaters, and to get, and we've seen we've seen The Walking Dead on AMC, we've seen Arrow on CW, we've seen Marvel's Agents of Shield on ABC, and we know that you can do comic book related shows on the television, but this just takes it to a whole different level for me. It, it's, I mean, I'm. We're, we're current, we've started, uh, Orange is the New Black. We love House yep. of Cards. We, we have watched you seen, Have you seen Alpha House on, uh, on, on Amazon? Not yet. That, uh, that, that's, that, that is that's what has me so excited is that the, the test run of, of streaming, uh, TV shows that are made by, by Netflix, by Amazon, by, outside of traditional network or even cable TV is not only good, it is award worthy. I mean, yeah. House of Cards is fantastic. Orange is the New Black, one of my favorite shows of last year. And so get, and that's one of the, I don't want to harp on, on Agents of Shield, but in my opinion, it feels like it's a little, um, uh, constricted that there may be a few things holding it back because yeah. because of the network it's on where i think being on netflix that will hopefully give marvel 
the opportunity to expand and and really um, let their characters shine without any and, restriction. Exactly. Yeah, flex muscles that they can't even do yep. in the theaters. I mean, you, yep. you, you're not you're not going to see uh, Spider-Man or the Avengers do certain things that you probably will see Daredevil or Iron the Fist. others, especially oh. in Iron Fist. You know, oh, these, Fist. these characters, and and it's there really will be. Um, it's I, I'm thinking it's not going to be geared towards kids to a degree. It's just I'm I'm really looking forward to it because it just it opens up whole new possibilities. Absolutely. Um, so is that is that your big news, David? Yes, it is. All right, uh, Mr. Vance, how about you? I went with the news that uh, impacted me the most personally, um, and that would be the shuttering of Dan Nadell's picture box. Mm. That that has uh you know not only a huge impact on me because I I would pretty much buy everything they published but there's a lot of really strong uh, independent creators now that are without a home so to speak so it uh, it bears to be seen where these guys are going to land and I, and I hope they all do land somewhere because they're all great but uh, yeah that that hit me hard this year yep. and uh, I can't think of anything else that even compares in, in terms of impact so picture box. Unfor- unfortunate. I don't. I wanted to go with something happy, but uh, you know, there's that was the one. That's right. Well, way, to, way to bring it down. I know, <laughs> Jason. Yeah. How about yeah. you? Well, I'm, I'm going to kind of go uh, the uh, the the yin to Vince's yang in the sense that um, my news is is really not a, a specific news item per se, but what I'm calling the the uh, the renaissance of comics. And what I mean by that is this is a year where a lot of forces that have been at work for much of the time we've been doing the show really coalesced into uh, what I think is inarguably the healthiest the industry's been in a long time. Um, you know, print comics sales were up tremendously in 2013, uh, you know, in, in spite of the fact that digital comics absolutely exploded. Yep. Uh, digital is is a force to be reckoned with, but, you know, the, the comic stores now know for a fact that those sales are incremental and not coming at their expense. Um, you know, on top of that, as you guys pointed, we've seen, you know, just a continued perforation of, of of comics um as a sort of feeder system for so much of pop culture whether it be tv or even some music and obviously other literature and movies and, and i just it seems like you know while i guess at some point that may wane you know we're certainly um still climbing the peak there so just really excited and 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 for every you know sad story we have in a picture box we have things like you know, Fantagraphics getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, in a matter of, of, of a couple of weeks through Kickstarter to save them and, and image just, you know, being at all time highs and, you know, places like, uh, like, uh, monkey brain, you know, coming seemingly out of nowhere and being a real creative and, and, uh, commercial haven for a lot of creators. So, um, which is to say nothing of Kickstarter as well. So I just think it's, uh, it's just a great time to be a comic creator, uh, on any level. And I think, you know, that's a far cry from, the way we viewed the industry when we started the show, you know, and, and the, the kind of the fears and consternation we had for it. It, um, it felt, it felt like we were, um, like we were dying out and now it doesn't even feel like a bubble. It just feels like amazing forward momentum. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, so as to the, uh, the listenership, uh, for, for their choice, uh, their, their runners up were the return of Sandman. Which again, I think makes some sense. Although um, not being a Sandman aficionado myself, it probably wasn't top of mind for me. Um, a big chunk of the voters um, chose the uh, Superman Two news, which I guess some are calling uh, Batman versus Superman. Uh, but 
But the, the clear winner with 20% of the vote, uh, was uh, David and Chris's choice, the Marvel Netflix TV partnership. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting to me because I realized how much news came out because not even mentioned in, in any of the, uh, uh the runners up, um, DC decided to uh, shut down their New York offices and move to California. Yeah, and that was that wasn't even a blip on the big news of the year radar. That's true. Four years ago, that would have that would have been wildly uh, out of out of the realm of of, uh, of the largest largest uh, uh, news of the year. It would it would have blown everything away. That I think that shows how wide the um, um, the entire geek culture has has become definitely so up next we have the favorite comic related non-comic item and uh it, it was a toss-up um i'm not going to pick i'm not going to say who my runner-up was because i think vince is going to take care of that but for me it was uh because pretty much we had a full year of it um is is arrow the the tv show on cw um it is it, it's one of those things where it it scratches that itch for me, that, that, that old Teen Titans itch, that old, uh, certain, certain aspects of the DC universe, the, the, especially the street level stuff, but, uh, the Easter eggs they throw out with, with names and, and, um, I believe tonight they mentioned someone who's a, a Judge Carter and I know, uh, uh, the, um, Oliver Queen's mother's defense attorney was, uh, Gene Loring. So, I mean, they, they do neat things that, uh, I, it, I do a double take if if I'm not paying too much attention just because it's neat hearing that, these names. Um and I like to take the little twist that they're doing on uh on the characters' origins and, and other characters that that uh Green Arrow uh, that that Ollie knows in this universe. So I'm I'm it's something to look forward to on Wednesday nights now and, and I think this second season is uh is stronger than uh, than the first because they they pretty much Kick the kinks out uh, halfway through the first season, so so they know what works, and they're firing on all cylinders now. So that's my non-comic item of the year. This was one of two categories that I left blank. Unfortunately, you guys know me; I'm not the first one to the theater to see a comic-related movie. Blah blah blah. But I did manage to cram a couple in, uh, just for the sake of this show. Unfortunately, I didn't like what I saw. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I, I thought Man of Steel was not good. Uh, I didn't enjoy Iron Man 3. Uh, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't see the Thor, the Dark World, but I'm sure, I, I'm sure I'll like that. But I didn't see it, so I can't say. So I went with the only thing I know. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I enjoy My it. Man. I, no, I enjoy I know, it. I um, it's it's one I I have experience in it with it, so it's the only thing I can really pick. So it's a winner, but it's 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 a reluctant winner. But mm-hmm. I hey yeah, when age is the shield. No, that's cool. Yeah. Um I went a little bit different route. Um uh it does seem like the vast majority of, of, of the votes and, and all of you guys went the uh you know the, the T V slash movie route, which was certainly I think the logical route to go. But when I was looking at the categories, the first thing that popped in my mind, uh as soon as I read the category was uh, an actual book and that is um that is super graphic a visual guide to the comic book yeah. universe by tim leong mm-hmm. 
Um, I believe it's long. Sorry if it's long or long. I, I apologize, Tim. Uh, but either way, um, I talked at length about it on episode 285. If you want to go back and hear it, it uh, is but, awesome. Yeah, thanks. It, it really is just it's one of awesome. those books that uh, gives me just tremendous joy. And uh, and I actually have to credit my good buddy Joe Bryan of Football Guys, who is not a comic guy at all, but but saw a review of the book somewhere and thought of me kindly enough and passed it my way and uh, I devoured it and then I think you guys read it after. It's just a terrific book that uh you know presents data porn if you will, you know, very visually aesthetically pleasing graphical data presentations about, you know, comic and comic related uh trivia if you will. And um I highly recommend it. It's by Chronicle Books. Uh and yeah, it was an easy choice for me. So Salazar's got my copy. I got to get that back from him. <laughs> uh I'm I'm with David uh Arrow is something that I look forward to every week. It's now, um, I've never, it, it, here's a little inside baseball. We record right after Arrow airs <laughs> my time. Yeah. And in, you know, in the past, you know, I take my 15, 20 minutes before a show to get my stuff together and set up my desk and grab the books that I want to talk about and that kind of stuff. For the last year while Arrow has been on, I run right up until until we record and run in here and turn my computer on and it because I have to watch it's it is the only show for me that is appointment television. I watch a few other things. It's the only thing that I look forward to so much that I have to turn the TV on and and watch every week. It's fantastic. And so who the go. audience choose, Chris? Oh, well, Oh, oh, well, that would, oh! That so. would be David. No, or no? Is it me? Yes. No, it it's is you. me. It is me. It is me. Sorry, that's how we're doing that. Okay, the oh. the, the runners up. Um, sorry, we'll get this. It'll take one one time <laughs> through. Okay, uh, the runners up uh, is Man of Steel. Uh, that's the uh, the Superman film that uh, uh, I think was pretty polarizing for a lot of people. Uh, uh, the next one, intra. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'm like Vince is uh, Thor: The Dark World, and uh, I heard mixed reviews on it, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And uh, I wouldn't say far and away, but uh, but certainly kind of separating from the pack was uh, Arrow. So amazingly, uh, I have agreed with uh, with the masses with the first two picks. Wow! I know that's going to end at some point. <laughs> Here you go. I, I- I would like to make a request that we do eventually talk about Man of Steel because I have a little bit okay. of opinions on and that. We've watched, all seen it. Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's, we can. Uh, I mean, we haven't had a theme theme up in a while. Maybe we'll do like a, yeah. a movie app where we could talk about just a bunch of the movies that uh, came out last okay. year too. Okay. We should do a comic book themed movie episode. I think would be. I mean, like of, of all like, <laughs> movies, you know. Yeah, no, that's what I'm getting at. If I wasn't clear, that's yeah, like yeah. Catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> if there if there was a uh, series of targets, uh, I just watched Kick-Ass the, 2 last week. So the producers of Man of Steel had a hit. They missed every single one. Right, well, this is not every, the time. Every one of them. I know. Target was Metropolis. Yes, that's very true. All right, here we go. Things not. Right, and oh boy, am I! I'm glad you gave me this category, Jason. This is the favorite new to me, and my winner. Explain uh, the thing a little bit to the people that don't know what we mean. All right, new to me means exactly uh, as stated. Something that not necessarily came out in 2013, but something that exists with which you have had no experience, and boom, it somehow landed in your lap in 2013. 
Uh, for me, the standout was uh, Shingeki no Kyojin, uh, also known as Attack on Titan. Mm. Yes, this is a breakout manga series um, like One Piece, like Bleach, but it's a really odd duck. Uh, it's a mega seller, but it doesn't have... To me, anyway, the requisite uh, ingredients that most mega sellers have, like uh, One Piece, the cartooning is gorgeous and it's action packed and it's full of just wild adventures and Bleach is along the lines of that. But Attack on Titan, it it has this lo-fi, uh, self-taught, you know, DIY air to it. It's creepy as hell, nowhere near as polished as some of the mega sellers, but it's affecting nonetheless real short the last of humanity has walled themselves off in this gigantic city-state why because they keep getting attacked by these giant humanoid creatures with no genitalia and an impossible uh, number of teeth but the cool thing about this thing is the walled off city that's a metaphor for th- that illustrates the insular nature of Japanese culture. For years, Japan has walled themselves off from the outside world. And you get this, you know, fantasy slash sci-fi story that pretty much note for note describes the way that the Japanese have retreated in some ways with their culture and didn't allow outside influences in. It's nuts. And when you see the Titans, they're freaky as hell, especially the giant Titan. Like the wall around the city is 50 meters tall and they've been pretty safe for, you know, the longest time. But then this one ultra gigantic Titan comes and just knocks the shit out of the wall. And there's a series of walls and you have to read it. It's awesome. So that's what I went with. Uh, Attack on Titan by uh, Hajime Isayama. It's a great, great series. Uh, is it readily available? Yes, it's published by Kodansha. Okay. There are, I think, 11 or 12 volumes mm-hmm. as of 2013. So it's a small manga. Uh, well, it's, it's ongoing. <laughs> no, it's, kidding, it, it's yeah. ongoing. So, yeah, um, and uh, the uh, the members of the city are trained to attack the Titans with these this this pulley system that snaps to their back and it, the the uh the harn the harpoons are fired from this gun-like mechanism and they swing and they get all over the titans and they have one weak spot and it's the back of their neck nice and if you you can bring a titan down like it's nuts but like i said it, it's pretty rich in uh in metaphor mm-hmm. yeah it's good stuff so uh this is definitely a great category and one i think that uh by its nature is is one of the more difficult because we Again, some shows out there do the kind of, you know, each week talk about what comes out. We do a little bit of that, but we, we really don't have any hard and fast uh, rules as to what we read. So I think, you know, we all talk about stuff that came out that day, and then we talk about stuff that, that came out 20 years ago. It's just whatever we're reading, wherever we're grooving on. And so that, I think, lends itself to having lots of stuff that we're exposed to um, that fit into this category. And it's really the only spot for stuff that didn't come out this year for the first time. Um but this year, uh, of all the categories, this was one of the easiest for me in the sense that um, the first thing I thought of, I kept thinking about other things just to make sure. But uh, even though only one issue of it came out this year, I have to give it to La Mano del Destino by our buddy Jay, Jay Gonzo. Um, this is a comic that you all praised to high heavens, I think, in 2012, I believe. Certainly before I had the chance and I just didn't have the issues 
Jay was finally, uh, well, not finally, but he was kind enough to when his, <laughs> no, I mean, his, he, he had taken a hiatus, uh, but this year he, he started putting out the book again. He was kind enough to send me the latest issue and the previous issues. And, uh, I just loved every bit of it. Uh, for those that, that aren't familiar, it is Jay Gonzo's love letter to, uh, you know, the, uh, Mexican, uh, masked wrestlers, the luchadors, and it, his style visually is just explosive and kinetic. It's very much an homage to Kirby. Uh, it's just beautifully colored and, and, and just fun comics. And I, I found it so engaging, uh, and, and I'm so thrilled that I finally got a chance to connect with the work, uh, after I know you guys have adored it for so long. So yeah. I hope in 2014 we see lots more, uh, from Jay. And it's also a self-published work. Which uh, which I think deserves a little bit extra cherry on top of yes. of the Sunday that it is. So he's awesome. You are correct. He is. Yeah. He's fantastic. Christopher, uh, it is me. Okay, uh, my fa- uh, I had raved about this uh, a couple, two, three, four weeks ago. Uh, the artist within from mm. Dark Horse Books. Mm-hmm. Um, I just go back and listen to the episode that that's tagged in, and I, I wax poetic about it. But uh, um, folks probably have, have heard that um, I love photography. I, it, it's something that I'm very passionate about, and especially portrait photography. And so this is a, a huge hardcover collection of uh, art, comic book artist uh, portraits uh, that were taken by Greg Preston. And I believe this was printed in, I want to say 2006 or so. I'm looking at it. So it is, uh, it is definitely, uh, uh, a few years, 2007. And so it's going back, um, you know, uh, six, seven years. But to be able to, to, to look at some of the artists that have created some of my favorite work that are, are giants in the industry or, uh, indie darlings that you never see at conventions that you know, you're able to finally put a face to a name and see them in, in their creative atmosphere and how they, how they want to present themselves as artists. It was amazing. And it's, while it's not a comic book, it is absolutely everything that, that I wanted to um, see and experience about these comic book creators. So uh, the artist within from, uh, from dark horse. Nice. You, you actually talked about that on episode two ninety six for those uh, playing at home. <laughs> Christopher, real quick that um, Alex Toth genius animated book. You're, you're, you're slavering for yeah. is advertised in this pr- month's uh, previous. Finally. So You'll probably have it in like two to three months. Nice, nice. That's, I'm I'm looking forward to that big time. That yeah. will complete that will complete the uh, the triumvirate of uh, Toth books. Can um, and I I heard that you're that you'll be able to order the slipcase separately, which I'm nice. Yeah, that's very considerate. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, let's hear from David. Uh, okay, my new to me for uh, what I read in 2013. I actually read it. Early in the year, um, I remember exactly where I was just because it, it was so, um, mind blowing and, and I just sucked in immediately and it, and it came out, uh, well, it, it was a web strip for the longest and, and then it was, it was published and packaged and sold and, um, I think towards the end of, of 2012 is when it was, um, available for, for sale, but I read it 
earlier in 2013, and it's something that stuck with me. And and I wanted to see if if other things would um, kind of knock it off off that that perch that I set it on, and nothing really did that uh, that I. Although last year wasn't really a year where I, I went and looked for older stuff. Anyway, I was kind of trying to read newer things, but for me, it was uh, well, I I called it remarkable, but it it, it is remind. And, and it is nice. just, it is absolutely, I still think about it. I still, I know, I, I know Jason read both volumes very recently and, and it's still, it, it is something that I would recommend to anybody, whether they're, you know, new to the comics, old, whatever, you know, they, they, they want to try something different. Um, I would definitely, definitely have them, uh, have them check this out. It, it is a, uh, it is a remarkable, um, piece of work and and i think that uh i think the the um the, the brubaker jason brubaker has just done uh he's the the world he created the characters the the story he's telling it it's just I mean, from from start to finish the whole kit and caboodle is just it's 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 amazing and the listeners god bless them they uh <laughs> they're Favorite new to me uh, included Fear Agent and Revival, but the big thing, and I'm glad to see this. Uh, it is uh, it's something that you guys have all praised, and, and something that I haven't really. Uh, you're clicking on it as you're going because I see the square move on. Well, the because screen. because the screen isn't the screen isn't as as, uh, as wide That's as yours. Cute. It, but I like it. Well, there you go. And now everybody's on it. Who else is on it? Who else is on it now? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's lock and key is what the listeners picked. Yay. Go. I still have not read Alpha yet. Five fucking years. Five fucking years have been talking about that. And, and, and now people are reading about it. They were waiting. They were waiting for slow burn. We're here to celebrate, not hate. Slow burn. Read it now, then never read it. Occasionally listen to me. Occasionally listen to me. And by the way, talk about um I heard Queen and Country is a good series too. <laughs> I think that's gonna be a hard sell. Incidentally, the lock and key <laughs> is also selling a separate slipcase for all the hardcovers, which is mm. Yeah, well, you know you know what I want? I want a complete compendium of everything nah, in one it's book. It's too much. It's too big. It's too I I, I love the hardcovers. Except would, are, have they put the have they put the ribbons back in? No. No. That pissed me off when they took the ribbons out. Is this, would it? The what? I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't think show. it would be as as big as a Marvel omnibus, like the biggest Marvel oh, yeah. omnibus. Oh yeah, absolutely. Pages. I think so. We're yeah. going to have seven volumes by the time it's over, right? So, yeah, right. seven times six is what forty-two. What? Yeah, that's but, a big uh, omnibus. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep let's keep this train rolling. I have the distinct privilege to discuss the uh, favorite web comic to lead us off, and you know, um, unfortunately, as many of our listeners know. Our uh, episode last week, which was uh, the initial attempt at episode 300, um, was lost in the um, Skype API shuffle. Uh, but one of the things I thought that's a shame that we we never did get the recapture was we talked uh, a bit about where we were when we started the show six years ago and what's changed in terms of the industry and our reading habits and the like. And I think one of the things which I don't even know if we addressed on the episode, but certainly would have been relevant, is how much uh, the web comic uh popularity in in terms of our worldview has changed you know i remember doing uh the award show for a year or two in the beginning and a few of our buddies who do web comics saying to us hey you don't even have a web comic category 
And the answer was, you know what, you're right, we should, but the, frankly, we didn't read enough webcomics that we felt mm-hmm. capable of, of, of discussing them intelligently. And, and I think it's a testament to, to again, the way that the internet has proliferated that I had a damn hard time choosing this one. Um, you know, I, I had a list of like 10 different webcomics that, uh, th- that I really was, was torn on. Um, you know, and, and things like, like, Mike, Mike's Battle Pug and, and Julian's Ants and the like. I mean, I almost eliminated them simply because I've given them my vote before. Fair or unfair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, my choice then became, uh, a, uh, uh, Ed Piscor, uh, on Boing Boing, which is a very popular tech-based website, has been syndicating for years now, um, his hip hop family tree. And again, when you combine two of my loves, being comic books and hip-hop, into one, it's pretty much a can't-miss. Uh, Ed has been doing this, as I said, for years. He continues to do it. But the cool thing is that this year we finally got an oversized Treasury printed edition via Fanagraphics, uh, Volume 1. And there will be more to come. But um, f- for that reason um, and the fact that I caught up on the series this year, my vote goes to Ed Piscor's Hip-Hop Family Tree. It's hard not to love something that's uh, that good. Yes, sir. The, car- the car- cartooning is fantastic. It really is. And it's yeah. a history. I, I don't know what they're talking about half the time, but I love it. Well, it's in the same vein of like, you know, um, like, uh, like the, uh, you know, action philosophers and, and, and that kind of thing. Like it's, it's, it's comics, but it's also, you know, biographical and, and informative, right. which I just love to death. So, yep, that's, it was, that was my ultimate. They got my ultimate nod, and uh, it might it might get it next year too, depending. Who knows? But uh, Chris, you're up. Nice. Um, well, if you want to um, to create a web comic that that will absolutely grab me and make me read through everything in like a day, do a very dark British comedy, and that's exactly what Corporate Skull is by Jamie Smart. And, uh, it's at, uh, corporateskull.com and it is about, uh, it's basically a, you know, office space meets horror meets, uh, the young ones. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's very dry. It's very British. It's, um, uh, but it's kind of got that goth humor to it. But it's it's definitely anyone that has been trapped in the in the cubicle jungle. Uh, it, it, this is this is your webcomic, and it is absolutely hilarious at every turn. So um, I I don't want to describe it too much. It, it, you will like it or you won't. Um, but if you like dry, quirky British humor, I think that you will enjoy Corporate Skull. So that's my nice. favorite webcomic. And I believe it wrapped up in 2013. There you go. Uh, well, like, like Jason, I was like, wow, well, do I just keep going with the one that I love to read? And it was a, yeah, my answer was basically yes. Um, it's, um, it, again, like Undertaker at WrestleMania, it is, it is Menage 3. It is, it's, it's, it's undefeated as far as I'm concerned. And I, I, I do read others. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I think what Randy Gentile does every day, every other day on, on, on NY Comics is it, they, there are so many people we know 
who, who we personally know, who, I mean, Battle Pug, it, it, there's just so many things you can just throw names out there and, and, and we know and we just shake our head, not, not in agreement and, and it's all great. What, can we just give Battle Pug the, the Lifetime Achievement Webcomic Award and just, because I feel bad, because it's one that I still read and I love it and, and I, so I feel bad not voting for it because it's won so many times. It's kind of like Lifetime Achievement well, he'll, he'll, Award. He'll next year, not a cool right. skull is done, he'll, uh-huh. he'll win for you next year. I think Maybe. Mike can get over our not voting for him this year, considering he's got his mantle covered in Isers now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, but no, but um, but but uh, but the it, it's just you know uh, Dave and and Jiz and everybody who who, who the, the Gazelle who who ends up you know doing work for Archie and and you know she's not exactly when when you look at what she does a few days a week, it may not be something you'd see or or would expect to see. In an Archie artist, but the characters in Menage Three are just—they're—they're they're witty, they're—they're they're clever. They get themselves in some crazy situations, and uh, I just get a kick. And they're frequently of, naked. And they, yes, yeah. If you, if you like <laughs> boobs, you'll love this strip. But I do like and, those. And uh, and, and uh, you know, th- things have have changed in the lives of these characters. So there are actual uh, things. Development. There are developments. It's it's amazing, and and it's still it it's still. A rip. So I, I again, still for me, Menage Three. Nice. And if you're wondering, if you want to hear more of David gush about Menage Three, I would just commend your attention to any of the other eleven o'clock episodes <laughs> that we've done over the years. Funny. There you go. Um, well, unlike my brothers, I have not progressed very shame, much in shame, this shame. in this category since the beginning of our show. I do not read many. Um, web comics, but the the ones I do check out on a regular basis, I hold very near and dear to my heart. Um, I would have voted for Mr. Norton in this category, but I felt like spreading it around because he captured a couple of my other categories. So, and I also um, enjoy Hip Hop Family Tree, but the web comic that speaks to me the most, not only because it's damn good, I enjoy looking at it, I enjoy reading it. Uh, the drawing is fantastic. Uh, the guy that creates it's an absolute sweetheart, and and I love him very much. So I gave it to Julian Lytle and uh, Ants. Wow, you're a good man. Wow, well done. I but if I would never have given it to him if it wasn't good. I mean, he could be a sure, good guy, I, but if the work's not good, you're not getting the category. Luckily, he's a good guy. But uh, no, he's a very good guy, and and he makes me just sometimes. I, I just want to shake him. Yeah. Like, why are you so good? Julian, music existed before 1994. No, no, he is a youngin. So, um, and our lovely li- listenership um, voted for in this order, with uh, three point seven percent of the vote went to Hip Hop Family Tree. See, they smart too. Three point seven percent of the vote went to Insufferable. Uh, Battle Pug by Mr. Mike Norton uh, got thirteen point three percent of the vote, but the big granddaddy winner here is so do I, Chris. With 25.2% of the vote <laughs> went to Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martins, uh, The Private Eye. It's not a webcomic. I'm not going to question it. Uh, well, I mean, it's, I not web, it's, not, it's not a webcomic. Well, well, whatever. It, 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 is a, it is a digital comic. It is not a webcomic. And, okay. and, and webcomic creators will i think will completely back me up we should debate it on the forum which is where david bullpenbulletinspodcast.com slash forum 
it, it is a it is a it is a digital comic that is delivered through the web. It is not a web comic. Fair enough, but two things. One again, we're here to celebrate. Not yep. to yeah. No, it's show. awesome. I love it. It's and, not and a number webcomic. two. Number two, I would also just comment <laughs> that twenty five percent, so almost two hundred and fifty people mm-hmm. all without any guidance or all opted for it. So again, maybe But I, I would I, I would argue I only read I, would argue I, that. I understand what you guys are saying, but I'm saying that I've only read a lot more people than us. Technology, so their blog is the best one. Right, you're creating the audio equivalent of minestrone here. Yeah. Greg Capullo is my favorite OGN. <laughs> that doesn't even make, make sense. sense. And Chris, you're up, buddy. You're up. Come on, we gotta keep. We gotta keep this train rolling. We really do. We we're we're. All right. We have to. We have to. Uh, favorite favorite single issue or one shot, and this is. This is the time in the show whenever I say, you know what, I give him shit, we butt heads, and that's part of the shtick of the show sometimes, but damn it, if Vince doesn't at least two or three times a year turn me on to something where I'm like, holy shit. is I'm dancing. You can't see me, but I'm dancing. Was far and away the issue. I sat down and said, "Did I just read that?" Yes. It, yes, it's true. It blew my car doors off. Yep, powerful stuff, right? It, not. I I I laughed. I cried. I <laughs> I was amazed by the art. It was absolutely immersive. I was never out of the story for a single second. I went back. It's the only single issue that I went back and reread because I wanted to make sure it was that awesome. I And, and I was like, was that an Archie comic? And it yep. was. And it was far and away, far and away, the best single issue of a comic that I read this year. Ah, that's awesome. Period. Wow. End of story. It envelops you like a wet, moldy blanket of ick. And you can oh, say that. Ick, yeah. you <laughs> every second of it. It's like it's like a great horror movie that is is smart and visually stunning and absolutely immersive. I, I, it's all I could not could not thank you enough for making me read that because it was good. it was awesome. So thank you. Broken clock, buddy. It really is good. <laughs> for real. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was a, um, it was a single issue of, uh, that I reread recently during my, um, Daredevil reread. Really? Turkey's done. It was, um, it was, yeah, really. It was, uh, it's Daredevil number 26. Uh, there's two stories in this issue. Um, the main story, uh, basically continues the, uh, the fight that uh against Daredevil's big bad of of the uh that that started when the series relaunched uh but the second story is kind of one that that sticks with me the most and it's it's with um it's with foggy uh visiting the kids in the cancer ward and um and they're expecting Iron Man to show up and uh they're they're telling a story they they're drawing a comic book that they're going to give to Iron Man and foggy reads it and um and he's concerned and worried that uh uh, the kids are not sure of what's, what's gonna happen to them and, and he, he basically doesn't, doesn't think that the, um, that these children are, are smart enough to know what's going on and, and, and they, they prove him wrong and it's just, it was a really neat little, uh, 
little story that, and the whole issue was um was by Mark Wade and Chris Omni and it, it it's one of those issues where as I look over the single issues I've read over the year that that one does uh stick out to me the most. Cool. Well, my favorite single issue was also a one-shot. Uh, uh the end cap to a long-running series from Image Comics uh written by Joe Casey drawn by our our beloved Mr. Tom Sholey with uh Brad Simpson, Russ Wooten and Sonya Harris. It's the Godland finale. Mm. Uh, massive oh my goodness, a, a a massive massive book. Uh like I said it's a story of echoes and potentials and hope and and existence as art and a whole mess of other things. Um, and the reason why I say echoes is because that, that's, that's one of the conceptual hooks throughout the whole thing. You got Edward Archer, who's an echo of the Archer family. He's, he's the, the, the latest in the line. And, and Adam is now called Atom Archer. Stella's in here. It, it, it's really cool because Basil Kronos and Nickelhead aren't fighting. <laughs> the, the Cosmic Fetus Collective is in here. It, it's an amazing, amazing book. And it has a decouple page spread, which means you're going to need five copies to see the whole thing in one shot. Yes. A ten page spread. It's awesome. And it's, and I loved every second of it. it. It, I've read it like four times now. And every pass, it speaks in different ways to me. It's a great, great book. Easily the best single issue of, of, of 2013 for me. Respect it. And that's one I think, uh, falls in the category of I didn't get a chance to read it yet, but I'm sure yeah. once I read it all, it may well have, uh, I'll, you know, be saying, damn, why didn't I give that some love? Um, it's tough to read everything. We can't do it. it. Yeah. No, it's for impossible. me, for me, this is a category where I got a chance to, uh, shout out one of my favorite creators, which I, I desperately and sincerely hope we see more of in 2014. I think we will based on what he's told me offline. Uh, and that is really the only thing we had a chance to see him do this year in the comics medium, and that is uh, our good buddy, uh, Jim Rugg, and his Super Mag. Uh, Super Mag is um, a uh, you know one-shot. It's a single-issue, magazine-sized comic uh, anthology created uh, and published by Ad House by Jim. And it really is just Jim's love letter to all the things that he grooves on. Uh, in comics, um, you know, again, from, from those that know, uh, our love of Jim's work from aphrodisiac and, and, and the like, you know, and, uh, Rambo 3.0 and all that good stuff, you know, or everything that he's ever touched. Definitely. Jim Pencils is just wildly creative. Yeah. He loves to mix genres and God, follow, follow him on Facebook and Twitter and, and his blog, anything that dude does. I'm just like, I hate you. Yeah. I mean, he, he plays with mediums. I mean, super mag is a, Toward a force of mixed mediums as, as most of his works. It's just, you know, one page will be traditional sort of black and white, uh, cartooning and the next page will be, you know, pop art, you know, uh, next page will be just a, a rough, you know, pencil sketch. It's just whatever, whatever he thinks is the best way to convey his ideas. He, he's fearless in the way that he, uh, he, he presents he himself. And I just, uh, I adore any chance I could see new work from him. And, uh, Super Mag was the way to do it. It was 56 pages, uh, in an oversized format from Ad House and, uh, a pretty easy choice for me in this category. Uh, in terms of the listenership, um, coming in third place was Sandman Overture number one, uh, the, I guess, long awaited return of Sandman. 
by Neil Gaiman and with amazing work, uh, artwork by, by, uh, Jage Williams. Uh, coming at number two, a bit of a surprise for me, although it's definitely an issue that we gushed about, uh, Infinity number four by Marvel. Wow. Um, nice. Which, uh, is a, is a, which is, uh, it's, it's cool to see because it's an, it's a, it's a, a book that both David and I own original artwork from. Uh, and, and winning. And Roland. And, and I think Roland, true. I think, does Roland own art from issue four? Oh wow. Roland, mm-hmm. Roland, I, I think owns the page, which is most likely the reason this came in second in this category. <laughs> so yes. Um, and then the winner, uh, with nearly 10% of the vote, which again is a, a pretty big number when you think about it, considering the, uh, how many you know, people, you, yeah. you, and, and how, I mean, this category, you know, you literally had tens of thousands of odd, of options for this category, uh, was Hawkeye number 11. Um, which is the, uh, the pizza dog issue basically. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. so, uh, you know, I, I, I won't go into that in too great detail than to say that Hawkeye certainly, uh, factored into a lot of, uh, of, of best of lists this year in, in other places that I saw. So, um, you know, again, just, uh, I guess kudos to Fraction and Aja for, for that issue. And now we are at our favorite character or set of characters. Um, and, this one was kind of a no-brainer with me because I just think about some of the um, some of the books that I read this year and and the characters that it really um, stuck with me and and I kind of have to think about the Four Horsemen and and I think the way that Hickman and Dragata have him set up in East of West is uh, wow. is I am stunned I'm stunned why are you stunned I I, I did not think you'd go to this direction. It, I thought you'd go with the one that I expected you to go which with. Which is what? Superior Spider-Man. The cast is Superior Spider-Man. That's same, but that's, that's, no, that's they're, they're gonna, no, no. Spidey and Slot, they're, they're gonna get plenty of love later, but I mean. I know, and, I'm and, saying, no, you're I studying. I know those characters, but, but, I mean, for, for East of West, which is, it's just a new book, new. Wow. It's, it's, it's unlike anything that, uh, that I'm currently reading, and, and it's just, it's the way that, they have this story set up and the way they're introducing the characters and, and the way these characters are all, um, intertwined. It's just, it, it, there's a lot going on that, that makes me really interested to see where these characters are going. And, and that is uh, awesome. I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful book. It's, it, yeah, no, it really is. It, it these characters are all, and they're all unique and, and, uh, and Tony LaVey and, and it's just, just, there's so many things going on here where I, I need to keep up with it. I don't want to let it slide. I don't want to. I, I don't want to miss anyone. And it's just, it's, it's, it's all good. And I'm glad to be along for the ride. Wow, that's great. I'm, I'm so happy. Um, there were really only two choices for me um, in this category. The first and the one that did not get it was uh, the cast of Superior Spider-Man. I think Slot is doing an incredible job with a batch of old favorites and uh, new arrivals like Anna, Anna, Anna Maria yeah. and, and you know the whole it's it's a great book great cast but the one that really threw me for a loop this year um, and I did not expect to like this book uh, given the title character but uh, it's crafted by the capable hands of Mr. Jason Aaron. I went with the students of the Jean Grey School for higher learning Respect. as as seen in Wolverine and the X-Men. 
Nice. Um, yeah, I love Brew and Kid Omega and the Bamps are awesome and Krakoa, Pixie, Kid Gladiator's like one of my favorite characters <laughs> now. Rockslide, Mercury's in there. It's a great book. It is. And, and he, Jason Aaron makes these characters so damn real and the interaction between them, it's so exciting and enjoyable to witness. And the bastard actually makes me care about Wolverine, which is, I thought was pretty much impossible <laughs> at this point. Uh, yeah, so I went with that. It's a, just a great book. Great choice. I, I, I wrestled with that one myself, uh, as, as I did the, uh, David's choice. Um, and I ultimately, I did not pick, uh, the cast of, uh, East of West, but I did pick, uh, one of Jonathan Hickman's comic books casts, and that is, the cast of the Manhattan Projects. Nice. Which is, it's such, yeah. such a good pick. It, you know, it, it really such is a just pick. a character study of him playing with this crazy idea of what if all the greatest minds of all time were a bunch of really crazy people that worked together to create crazy things. And, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, Fermi, who's secretly an alien, to FDR, who's really an artificial intelligence, to Einstein, who's an evil <laughs> dimension-hopping doppelganger of the Einstein that we knew in our universe. It's just... Every one of them is so memorable and so distinctive and has their own voice. And, uh, it's one of the true treats for me every time, uh, it comes into my DCBS shipment. So, uh, I'm, I'm giving a hat tip to, uh, to Hickman on this one. And also I would be remiss if I didn't yeah. credit Nick Patara yes. on the artwork mm-hmm. because it's yes, his yes, cartooning yes. and his visualization, which certainly makes these guys distinctive. So I, I, th- yeah. I think that, and we'll talk about it later, but I think that is a, you know, a comic books comic because it is it is a wonderful marriage of a very good writer with a very good artist that that makes the third person in the room it makes something very special so yeah great great pick uh, mine is one that um Admittedly, I needed to get this book in here, and so this is the category that I picked because um, the character is the uh, is the headline of each graphic novel, and he's the character that you keep coming back for. So that means he's got to be a pretty good character. Um, I consider him one of the great antiheroes. He's a criminal. Um, he's an asshole. He's a jerk. But there's a code there that uh, that keeps you on his side, and that is uh, Parker from the Richard Stark series. Nice. And uh, yeah, and so we got Slayground this year from Darwin Cook. Uh, Slayground, not my favorite OGN of the year, but it's a freaking Darwin Cook Parker graphic novel, so it had to find a place in my eleven o'clockers. So uh, Parker is my favorite character. Just edging out Lord Baltimore from the uh, the Baltimore uh, OGNs or uh, series and uh, and graphic novels. Um, so the uh, the internet has spoken, and the runners up are uh, first uh, uh, the very strong cast of Saga coming in at five point two percent. Next, and and I think this is uh, definitely a uh, a tip of the cap and uh, and a kudos to Jason Aaron for the cast of Thor being important again, and uh, the uh, the uh, first place winner, which I admit I have not read any of, so I'm gonna have to take your all's uh, word for it, is uh, the X Men with seven point two percent. 
Wow, nice. That is nice. There you go. Go go internet. That's Bendis is doing. That's why. That uh defies logic. But uh, no, go ahead. Well, you would think so, but mm-hmm. oh man. The next category we have is a uh, favorite superhero. Now, uh, as I always mention to David, if you told me a year ago that this would have been my choice for favorite superhero, I would have laughed. Ha ha at your face. Uh, but I have to give this to, in essence, Dan Slott for actually making me care about Otto Octavius as the amazing Spider-Man. Yes. He really does. Um, I, come on, I love Spider-Man to begin with. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't Otto in the suit, it would have been Peter and I would have picked Peter. But, um, Dan has done a lot of groundwork, a lot of, there's a lot of miles in those words and it shows the guy writes like a son of a bitch and he has created an Otto Octavius that uh you know the old fanboys can love and I do and I think it's just a great book so I'm giving it to the superior Spider-Man gotta respect it um yeah. you know this is uh again if we think about the the way that our um our awards have, have evolved in the first few years we, we had a, I think a more traditional format um you know, best of this kind of thing. And we, we did, I think we even did in year one or two, we had like favorite Marvel book, favorite DC book, favorite independent book. And we quickly came to the realization that we read so much non big two that it was very restrictive to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that, that how, I think it was three, three, four years ago, we switched up the format. And I would say this year for me was much like I talked about the renaissance of comics. This was a renaissance in how much I enjoyed superhero comics this year. Um, while, there aren't admittedly many superhero books that are going to make my overall awards this year as we, as we go through them. Um, it, it is not an indication of, of what I think the state of superhero comics are. And I, I think, uh, and in particular Marvel this year, the vast majority of books that I read and kept up with on the superhero front, I thought were good to great. Uh, I really genuinely enjoyed each one and I didn't feel in any case, like I was just reading them simply because I had history with them. Um, and it's been a long time since I could say that. So, um, all that being said, for me, I cheated a little bit in, in my winner here in the sense that, um, it's, it's not necessarily just the book, but I, my winner is, um, Marvel's Infinity and the two Avengers books, the, the Infinity Run, if you will. Um, and, because it really is all a self-contained thing. It's, it's you can, I don't think you could separate one from the other, um, and still call it what it was. But I have to give it to Hickman and, and his, 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 um, astoundingly talented artistic uh, partners uh, in crime in this one, Jerome Pena, Jimmy Chung, and, and the like, um, because this is the first time since probably uh, DC's 52 that I feel like a big two event paid off. And, For real. and it was entertaining from start to finish, which is where they usually fall short. And it was just self-contained. I read Infinity, and I loved it. And I, I frankly don't necessarily care what happened afterwards, um, good or bad. I didn't need to. The event itself felt important. It was important. And we got an end. And, man, that was refreshing. So I have to give it to Infinity, New Avengers and Avengers for the Infinity event. Yeah. Can I take one minute just while you're on this this subject? And I, I keep going back to that one sequence in Infinity where Steve is talking to Tony. And, and Tony's like, you know, we have to build – a better Avengers. Mm-hmm. Sure. You remember that sequence? Yeah. That's, that's exactly what Hickman did. Hickman took whatever he was handed from Bendis and company. And I think art, art mirrors life uh, and life mirrors art. The, the guy made a much better Avengers. 
So, I mean, he may have been, may have had his characters uh, soliloquizing about it in the comic. That's exactly what he freaking did. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Is that a word, soliloquizing? (laughs) For you it is. It is today. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) For me, anything's a word for me. Absolutely not. Christopher. Bopo. Who you got? Oh, God. This is. I know, this is tough for you. (laughs) No, I, I don't know. It's a, it defines superhero. Well, superhero comic. I mean, uh, well, I mean, well, anything could be a superhero. Sonic the Hedgehog's a superhero. Yeah, it's I, <laughs> all right. Why, why are you laughing? No, no, okay. th- no. That's that. That's fine. I, 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 I can get. It is such a, um, it's such a wide open category that I mean, I've, I've got a, I've got a couple, um, I've got a couple, but I guess probably the one that grabbed me this year. And I enjoy it because it is, it's quirky and different and imaginative, but it is absolutely character driven. And I imagine you would call this a superhero, I guess, is Rocket Girl. Okay. Sure, why not? No, I, yeah, I, why not? It's, it's um, uh, Amy Reader and, uh, Brandon Montclair's, uh, book from Image. Um, it's, um, it feels fresh and fun. Uh, it's the interesting twist that, uh, that going into the past is going into, uh, the mid eighties and the now is a alternate reality of now it is a neat twist. But at the center of it, you have this, this young idealistic girl who is headstrong and courageous and confident and i i think as much as we hear about there not being enough um uh fictional female role model characters which i i don't think is necessarily true this is a a a young fresh confident character that is exciting and and uh i enjoy every issue of rocket girl so yeah that's my favorite superhero nice excellent all right uh like uh like vince um mine is uh is the superior spider-man it's uh no it's it's a um it's a book that i i gotta read it uh, the moment it's out and, and, you know, you said it before, but slot is just doing something different, um, with this, with, with, with this character. And, uh, it's still in, in quote Spider-Man, but, uh, who he is and, and why he does what he does. And even with the same cast of characters, the same supporting cast, it's, it's in, it's, being told in a different light and uh and i i'm hooked i i can't not see how this plays out it's uh he's been he's been doing some amazing things um in in his corner of of the universe with spider-man and and it's uh it's just something that it's going to be a while before i can really maybe think of someone else writing a spider-man book Yep, hmm. and it's very smart of Marvel to give him amazing too. Yeah, the, the, re- the relaunched amazing, yeah. very smart. Um, I mean, you know, it's a no-brainer. The guy's done just fantastic stuff. And I have to thank you for not calling me out when I was going for not picking Fantastic Four, because 
I have to thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah, you were you were very kind and gentle. <sighs> Genteel. A little bit of chocolate Gentle, on my genteel. pillow. Uh, so the uh, the listeners, as far as their favorite superhero book, uh, with 9.2%, all new X-Men. I really can't fault them for that. Right. 9.8 is Hawkeye, and people have told us how uh, wrong Jason and I are uh, in regards to Hawkeye. Uh, 10.3... <laughs> And, and even better is Daredevil, and, and I agree with these people. I also agree with the number one mm-hmm. yeah, uh, me too. winning uh, by percentage of votes of 12.6 at that, and that is Thor, God of Thunder. Yeah, an embarrassment of, of riches this yep. year in superhero comics. Yep. Embarrassingly good. And isn't yep. it interesting that they're all Marvel books? I was just going to say that, bro. Yeah, yeah it's true. No. You know? It's true. Um, it speaks to the industry. But, uh, yeah, so. I think there's only one DC book that's anywhere near as good as those, and that's Batman. Well, I wouldn't say only. I mean, I would say Wonder Woman and Green Arrow are pleasing the hell out of me as well. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Uh, well, let's, let's move on. We'll do this next week. Uh, next category is a new one this year, and it's the, our favorite crowdfunded or self-published, uh, work of the year. Uh, and again, it's, this is just an evolution as, as we, we, we're seeing the industry evolve and there's, there's more and more, you know, Kickstarter and, and, and its cohorts are just becoming more and more important as a channel for both established and uh, up and coming creators. And, uh, and, and it's exciting to see. Um, and so on this one for me, um, I didn't go the Kickstarter route, although I did back and enjoy quite a few Kickstarter books this year. Um, I went the self published route. Um, and I guess it's crowdfunded, although they, they put out the work without asking for money, but if you choose to give them money, you, you can do so. And that is The Private Eye, which, uh, I know Chris didn't, didn't Not like the web comic. web comic, but, but this I thought fit it well. Uh, and that yes. is the, the, uh, the digital only, uh, comic that is, uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn and, uh, beautifully illustrated by Marcos Martin. Um, and it's, it's been a joy. We've, we've, I think, discussed at length each of the issues as they've come out. Uh, so far, I think we've had what four issues, right? Is uh, that- five, five issues. Okay, five and a making of. Okay, there we go. So we've had five issues this year, um, but I just I love the model that they're using. It's completely self, you know, it's on their website, and you you pay them what you think is fair. You can pay them zero if you want. Uh, I I just love that model, and I think uh, it's 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 deserving of praise. And I, I I you know we're very I think early in its journey, and I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, uh, in 2014 with it. So, um, the private eye was, was my choice. I like and it's choice. a great choice. And to be clear, it's awesome. It's fantastic. Yes. I love it. It's not a webcomic. <laughs> is but it your choice for favorite crowdfunded or self-published book? No, it is not. My favorite, um, and this is, uh, self-published. It is not, uh, crowdfunded. I looked through all the Kickstarter stuff that I'd gotten this year and there are some, uh, there are some great books that I got, some that will crop up in some uh, some later categories tonight, as a matter of fact. But this one is not a Kickstarter project. It is, uh, without a doubt, my favorite self-published book. It had me in stitches. It had me in awe. It is maybe my comic of the year. Mm. We'll find out later. Well, you should know that by now, right? <laughs> well, it, isn't it is um, <laughs> Final Frontier from Tom Scholey. Yay! Wow! 
How about that? I didn't see I that coming. I am proud of you. Wow, this I thought book, you were going to say it, God hates astronauts. So did uh, I. This, uh, this book is so goddamn awesome. It is. It is, uh. It is. It, it is. It is, uh, that's, it, it's, it's fucking awesome, man. It is just everything that, that a comic should be, you know, from this guy. It is, it's, um, it grows actually beyond his love affair with Kirby. There's a lot more Tom in here. I mean, certainly the, the Kirby homage is still a huge, a huge part of what he does, but, but Tom is, is, is more than that now. He's his own artist and he, he still embraces the silver age, but he puts this modern twist on it that, uh, that makes it approachable and funny, but still this explosion of ideas that, that you just sit and go, how the fuck did you come up with that? And it is just, uh, it's just this, this perfect little package of ideas and, and awesome. So yeah, final frontier from Tom Scholey. That's awesome. I think we'll be hearing more about this later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there was a, and I'm telling you right now, if there was a favorite villain category, we don't have a favorite villain category, right? No. It would be Robot Dracula. What are we, fanboys, Chris? Come on. <laughs> we used to have that category, but we don't know. Yeah. No, we should. Just, we should just call it the Robot Dracula category. Nice. <laughs> David, what you got? Uh, I came close to picking Final Frontier, but I, I, I did like Chris, I also looked over my um my Kickstarter list and there were a couple there. I didn't there weren't a ton of of comic book uh related projects that I backed, but one that I did earlier in the year, um or came out at least in uh in the winter of, of last year. Uh and that is uh from Ryan Estrada. That's the whole story, winter two thousand thirteen. Respect and everything respect. that came with it. And that is it's it's you just, I mean, the bang for the buck, it, it, you get what you pay for doesn't even come close because, mm-hmm. I mean, you can pick your tier, but I mean, the, the, the amount of product that was thrown at you and it's just, and, you know, even if, even if you read something that you're like, all right, well, that was, that wasn't really a hit. There's still other things out there that, that you are going to be keen on. So yeah, I, when somebody throws thousands of pages of comics, exactly. some of them are going to hit, right. you know? <laughs> so yeah, so definitely, I mean, and, and kudos to Ryan and he did it again this year. It's just, it, it really is. It's, it's a great bargain. It, it's, it really is smart shopping. Nice choice. You're right. There, there's no bad tears in a Ryan Estrada kit. There you go. It's, it's true. Um, my pick was created by a one man band, uh, conceived, Written, designed, drawn, inked, colored, uh, amazing layouts, beautiful sequentials by a man um, who's on the upswing. The name is being bandied about like crazy these days. I investigated this book thanks to my secret Santa. Aww. I was a little lax, I'm sorry. Um, and I have to agree with um, a lot of the voices out there. Michael Fife's Copra is amazing. Oh, damn you. I can't wait uh, to start it. Amazing. Uh, uh, yes, it's very reminiscent of DC's Suicide Squad. When you read it, you'll find out why. Okay. But but there's a, a completely different aesthetic at work. Um, Copra, uh, it it works well on both sides of the coin. The 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 sto- he's telling stories here with 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 reluctant heroes and and villains in it. But he invests so much 
into the components, like the line and the color and the composition, the typography. Every freaking panel functions very well as little isolated art objects, as well as like links in, 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 in a long chain of, of storytelling. The character design is outstanding. It's so inventive. If you're not reading Copra, I implore you to read it. I, I know there's a, uh, a shortage uh, availability as far as the printed versions go, but if you can get your hands on Copra, do so because it's amazing. Nice. Yes. And our uh, internet booze voted for uh, with 5.9% uh, was garnered by the private eye. Uh, Copra, look at that. Got 8.9%. But the absolute winner, wow. the Grand Poobah, with 25.7% of the votes went to Ryan Brownie and God hates astronauts because he does. <laughs> and he should. He should. There you <laughs> go. That. That's a respect, respectful winner because, uh, that's just a great freaking book. But we, and, and you know, at this point we've heard about it so much it kind of loses its potency, but it shouldn't because it's awesome. It's very true. Yeah. Chris, bring it's us okay. Bring us oh, on to the favorite nonfiction, baby. Uh, okay, I'm going to uh, um, I'm going to throw this one out here, and we're going to talk about it later. It was an easy pick this week. I'm not going to expound on it because we're going to talk about it in other categories. Uh, the Fifth Beetle. Yes. Nice. Aww. Same uh-huh. here. Same here. Absolutely. Same here. Wow. We're picking up so, the pace. Yeah, I'm the odd man out. I guess. Um, I went with a book that was jointly published by Kitchen Sink and Dark Horse. Uh, yes, it does contain reprints of comics uh, from the original run of this series, but I chose this book for the historical component where they investigate the origins and the publishing and, and all the little uh, incidentals that went into the uh, creation and distribution of Marvel Comics comics book it's called the best of comics book when marvel comics went underground it's an amazing tome you get to see s clay wilson art spiegelman mike plug kim deach howard cruz alex toth is in there harvey p Carr. it's it's the 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 the, uh anecdotes and data on this thing for me uh because this the first issue of this series had a, a monumental impact on me and 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 I think the 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 information is worth its weight in gold. It's just fascinating. Uh, so yeah, that's what I went with. Respect, and uh, I'll keep mine short and sweet because I already praised it. My choice for favorite nonfiction comic of the year was Hip Hop Family Tree. Uh, I'm speaking, of course, about the Treasury sized print edition in this case, but either way, uh, it's it's worth your attention. The uh, the listeners. Um, Saw very similar to the way we saw things. Their third place choice was Hip Hop Family Tree. Their second place choice, and this is a book that is sitting on my Regine pile yeah. waiting to read. I sadly have not gotten there yet, is uh, March um, by Nate Powell mm. uh, with uh, almost 70% of the vote. And the overwhelming favorite in this uh, category with nearly 40% of the listeners' vote was The Fifth Beetle. Uh, so there you have it. Chris and David are simpatico with the listeners this this evening. Be afraid. So weird. No, see, in this case, in this case, the listeners have it right. Nice. (laughs) What about favorite crime mystery comic, David? Do they have it right there? 
Uh, let's see, because you are I'm, driving the hey, hell out awesome. of me. I love it. I love him, and I love it for it. Uh, mine. I, I don't know about the listeners. We'll have to wait for someone else to tell us that. But I, my favorite crime mystery is an actual digital comic book, and it is the Private Eye. We've we, we've oh. we've talked about it already, and 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 we'll probably talk about it some more. But it is it's it's got. Um, it's got the mystery. It's got the intrigue. You're not sure what's going on yet. It's got Gramps. It's got the cloud burst, and I just I I love it all. Ah, oh, I reluctantly, uh, be, and you'll see why later. Because um, I mean, if you go by the theme of the the book I chose, it fits better in another category. But I stuck it in this one because there is a mystery. Involved to uh, the goings on. You're in this, bending uh, things, aren't you? I can tell. A little bit, a yeah, little bit. Are. In this, this, this little Wisconsin town. You hate crime. You hate crime comics. <laughs> I, I gave this one to Mike Norton and Tim Seeley's revival. Okay. Which, ad- admittedly, would have fit better in the <laughs> horror category, but uh, you're, I had to go with my. You're bending rules. That's I had to go with my heart on that one because, hey, it'll all pan out when we get to later categories. There you go. Um, the, the cast of characters these boys have created, Dana Cypress, is, they're so real and M. They're full grown men, Vince. I know. They're full I, grown men. Uh, the, I love the, Ch- the Czech brothers later on. Um, I, I gotta say, as a, a fan of horror films, mm-hmm. uh, a diehard, the cremation scene in that first issue and, and the, uh, the backyard reveal in issue number nine are awesome exclamation points and would have if they were i mean they're they're great in the comic form but they were ever in a movie they would scare the shit out of you you would never forget them and that that's what this book does to me well they well, they, the, they call the book a you know a, a what a rural noir so it, yeah, it's, a, it's a, so it's a it's a crime mystery book it is i mean there's a mystery yeah, component to absolutely. it i mean this book will stick with you long after you put it down the events of it and and i got to say i mean i've said i've said it many times many times norton it, Norton and Seeley have finally tapped into that 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 mysterious and elusive once in a lifetime vein. This is never going to happen for them again. This is their mark. This is their the indelible thing that that Norton and Seeley are going to leave on the comics uh, medium. Revival is it. You're gonna you're gonna see this as a TV series or a movie. I mean, that's not the 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 brass ring, but that's going to be some nice gravy on this already delicious meal. I mean, it's great stuff. But this is gonna this is gonna grow beyond the comics medium. I'm I'm absolutely sure of it. It's that good. This is the book that they've been wanting to make forever. Yep. Yep, and I and I, I it, it just I I you can I wish you could just crawl into my body here. Well, not that way, but yeah. and, and just feel what I'm feeling whenever I describe yeah. this book. I I am so happy Good for these sense. guys. This is it. This is the book. It's just great stuff. I'm I'm so happy for them. There you go. <laughs> yep. uh, my Shut up. my choice. Uh, it's my only tie that I allowed myself, and that's because. I didn't feel like it was quite cheating because the creator of both of my choices is the same. Uh, and that is, uh, the creator is Matt Kent. My choice tie for favorite crime mystery is, uh, the ongoing series of Mind Management, mm-hmm. published by Dark Horse, and the original graphic novel, uh, Red Handed, The Fine Art of Strange Crimes. Uh, again, both illustrated and drawn, uh, illustrated and written by, uh, Matt Kent. Uh, I'll have more to say about both of these books uh, as we go further, so I will leave it at that. Nice. Um, I went on and on about this book, was it two episodes ago, um, from Monkey Brain, High Crimes? Mm-hmm. 
um, very, very cool crime mystery book from uh, from Monkey Brain. It really kind of um, solidified them as as a player, um, as a publisher, and uh, Christopher Sabella and Ibrahim Mustafa. Watch out for that dude because he is effing awesome. He is good. Yeah, he's really good. So, uh, go back, listen to that episode, High Crimes from Monkey Brain. Um, get it digitally at Comixology or, uh, you know, whatever your, your favorite, uh, digital, uh, purveyor is. It is the, fantastic. The sixth issue just came out today. Oh, oh, I gotta go. Bye guys. <laughs> uh, and, um, the internets have, hath spoken. Boy, this is coming up as a, a reoccurring comic now. Um, Oh, right along with David, uh, the private eye at five five point two percent, coming in a comic uh, that will be talked about later. Uh, Velvet at eight point two percent. Jason's co champ, Mind Management at ten point four percent, and um, very interesting. Uh, one that uh, none of us uh, picked out, but um, certainly one that uh, that I think we'd taken a look at earlier. Um, Fatal. Or, uh, fatal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Fatal at, uh, 18.5%. Um, from wow. Mr. Uh, Mr. Brubaker. And Look Mr. At Phillips. That. And Mr. Phillips, yes. Yeah. Next up is a very cool category. Yeah, definitely. One of my favorites. Yes. Uh, favorite anthology. <laughs> and, uh, while there are a number of obvious choices for, uh, for this category, I went with my heart. And, uh, I had to go with a little book out of IDW, uh, hosted, uh, by the awesome Forlock the Warlock, drawn <laughs> by Angelo Torres. It's the, uh, pre-code horror stories that, uh, Mr. Craig Yo thankfully brings us every other month. It's called Haunted Horror. And I love the hell out of this book. Where else? Can you see legends? I'm not just saying, you know, eh, they're somewhat good. These guys are legends. Bob Powell, Dick Briefer, Jack Kamen, Mike Sikowski, two little-known guys named Simon and Kirby, Jack Cole, Myron Fass, Ross Andrew, Jack Katz. I mean, these are these are big guns, and you can you can experience these these things every other month in haunted horror. They got a thick clay coat cover, paper with bite because it's toothy. Um, and you get more pages. It's like 48 pages an issue for $3.99. It's just a great value. Horror speaks to me, unlike any other genre. And this is some of the most disturbing horror out there because, like I said, it was uh, delivered in the days before um, Mr. Uh, Wortham pissed all over the comic industry with his Seduction of the Innocent. So it's great stuff. Uh, unbridled. Haunted horror. That's what I went with. Nice. Uh, I... I definitely wrestle with this category. Uh, for me, this year, it came down to two Kickstarter projects that I backed this year. Uh, and it was really a flip of a coin here. Um, the the one I did not go with was uh, was Bad Karma uh, hmm. by our, our, our good buddies from the Midwest. I'll get to that uh, in a second, Jason. Good, good. Ooh. And and it, it definitely, again, it was a coin flip. Um, but I, I my choice was another Kickstarter that I backed this year uh, by Mr. Jake Parker, and that is The Antler Boy and Other Stories. Uh, it's ten short stories in an awesome hardcover. Uh, and although it was a Kickstarter, you can get it from Jake's website. If you're interested, it's Agent 44 
www.bigcartel.com. Uh, and I just love the hell out of the book. I talked about it at length when it came out, and uh, I just can't recommend it enough. It's an all-ages book, uh, and it's just very eclectic, and I just love Jake's uh, illustrative style. So um, it slightly edged out bad karma, but but by no means is bad karma not worthy of your time as well. Yes. My favorite anthology of this year is Bad Karma. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, Foreshadowing. Yeah. It, uh, for me, it was, uh, um, if not for the, uh, the self-published, um, uh, aspect of the crowdsource slash, uh, this would have been, uh, my favorite Kickstarter this year. Um, from a packaging presentation standpoint, um, absolutely uh, blown away by the quality of this book, uh, from, from the printing, from, uh, the presentation, from the design, the care that was taken in, the, the double gatefold, you know, fold outs, um, just from, just from that perspective, this is a beautiful anthology. And everything that we love, I think, about anthologies would be you know, and, and and you guys agree with me or not, is that an anthology gives creators a chance to experiment when they wouldn't normally be able to. For an artist to try a different technique, for a writer to step into a genre that they aren't necessarily known for. And Bad Karma kind of showcases that. You know, some of the folks that are involved in this, uh, Jeremy Hahn, Shane White, uh, B. Claymore, Seth Peck, well actually, it, it, the, Alex Grecian, Jeremy Hahn, B. Claymore, and Seth Peck are the four guys that were behind Bad Karma. And you get this amazing group of, of artists and writers, you know, Annie McDonald, uh, Ty Walker, who had worked with, uh, with Clay and Seth on 76, uh, you know, the, the, it just goes on and on. Phil Hester, Nick Filardi, it's just, it's this great group of creators and they're playing in genres that they absolutely love, but able to do it in, in ways that, that they're maybe not able to in, in, in some other properties. So, um, Bad Karma was an absolute, uh, perfect example of why I like, like not like why I love Kickstarter and why there are projects out there that are absolutely worth getting behind because you wouldn't have seen this from, you know, any other, any other publisher presented like it was. So bad karma. Absolutely. Uh, I had to, um, we saw bad karma at, uh, at New York comic con, Jeremy and, and, and B clay and, and a couple of the guys had it on display. It looks great. It wasn't something that, um, that I was able to back, but one of the, uh, one of the books that I did back, and, and just like Jason, I, I have to go with, uh, with, with Antler Boy and, and other stories. It, it, it's, it's a great little book, and I say little because it physically, the dimensions, it, it's not a, it's not a large oversized hardcover type book. I think it's um, 10 by 6, right? Something, yeah, yeah, sounds right. And it's, but it's, there's a lot in that little package and, and it looks gorgeous and, uh, it is, yeah. And, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, and it's, it really is, it, it's unique and 
yeah, I, I think Mr. Parker goes ahead and, and tells stories that he wants to tell and that, uh, it, it, here's a, an outlet for it. So it, it really works in the anthology sense. And, and I'm normally not, I, I tend to go towards the bad karma route where if I get an anthology, I want it from a bunch of different people like Dark Horse mm-hmm. Presents or things like that. But, uh, I had to kind of go with what I actually read this year and, and, Antler Boy really sticks out to me. So there you go. Nice. And the listeners, uh, they decided for their favorite anthologies, you have 5.8% going with the Joe Kubert Presents anthology. Uh, Dark Horse Presents gives you 7.7%. Batman Black and White at 11.5. And the winner at also, oh, at, this is also at 11.5. So I'm going to ask Jason... How? It's a re- it's slightly higher. I mean, it was like okay. It's like by like probably one vote. It's slightly higher, but yeah. Gotcha. And it is the uh, American Vampire Anthology, which I did not read, so I can't really say good or bad about it. But <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't read the three of the. I didn't read the three runners up. Um, I did read the American Vampire one, which is good, but I still right. prefer the uh, the Albuquerque to. Uh, yeah, that's and that's probably why I didn't read the anthology, just because yeah. I, I like the. Unfiltered. Yeah. One yeah. of the nice things about Bad Karma is that Jason and I both have our names printed in it. Yeah, that's boy. That's right. Just, you know, that's one of the neat things about a lot of the Kickstarter stuff is that you read the, uh, um, all of the contributors. That might and, be in, J- in the, uh, Jake Parker one too, though. I think, do, yeah. Do, do, do. <laughs> well, it's kind of cool because you look through there and what I love about the Kickstarter stuff where they, where they list the backers is that you see all of the creators that are listed in there. It's like in Bad Karma, it's like Jason Aaron and Ryan Brown and Rick Remender and Andy Parks and, you know, all these people. It's, and so it's very cool to see other creators supporting creators in their yes. crowdsourcing. It's, yeah. it's, it's really, really neat and and one of the one of the the better things that the internet has given us Definitely. that and um and cats playing pianos Piano, <laughs> yes and grumpy cats mm. so i have the distinct pleasure of uh, starting us off in our discussion of our favorite collected edition reprints uh and this is a freaking hard one for me every year because you know i think there's probably more reprinted archival stuff put out in in uh you know, in hardcovers and then are even current stuff each year at this point. And, uh, I buy a lot of it. <laughs> so, so I always go into the, the, the comic room, um, and look around and just see what grabs me. Um, and I could have gone a lot of different ways here. You know, you can never go wrong with like the, uh, the artist editions and the like, but for me this year, um, I actually went with something that was also in the running for my favorite new to me, but just, just lost out. And that's cause I knew I could give it some love in this category. And that is, uh, by Mr. Yoshikazu Yasuiko. Uh, and that's Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin. Uh, Sweet. By Vertical. Not Vertigo, for those, Vertical. Um, it is a manga that we, both Vince and I discussed at length. It, uh, it's, it's finally being printed here in the United States. Uh, I believe we got, we got three volumes this year and we were maybe solicited for another two. So we've already got five definitely, um, in the hopper. And I think there's another, what, 10 Vince, uh, coming in the coming years. But either way, uh, you still didn't get volume four. I might, it might, it might be on okay. my shelf. That's why I say I was a little hesitant, but either way, 
beautifully packaged uh, hardcover mm-hmm. manga collections. The artwork, as with you know most great manga, is just absolutely breathtaking. And while I've always had kind of a tangential interest in Gundam because uh, you know I have a geek, um, I really, admittedly, didn't know a lot about pure Gundam before this, and I just adore it. So much so that I'm really looking into uh, getting some of the uh, you know the anime as well and just uh, devouring it. But but uh, just a, a wonderfully done um, collected series. And and you know again as a as a guy who loves to have stuff on my shelves, it's great to have all of these volumes uh, you know just alongside each other with uh, with just you know just the same kind of uh, you know line art and, and cover art and stuff. And 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 it just it look they all look great stacked next to each other. So uh, Mobile Suit Gundam: The Origin by Yoshikazu Yasuiko. I'll hook you up. You demand. Yeah. Um, oh, is it me? It is you, you sir. Oh, okay. Um, I, I really love when DC took chances. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, when was that? No, yeah, right. you know, positivity uh, tonight. Come on. Yeah. No, no. And this is, this is positive of, of a reprint collected edition. Yeah, no, I know. Um, I, I, I kind of miss, kind of miss dc embracing their number two feeling you know it's like it's we're number two and therefore we're gonna do some crazy whacked out shit and you're gonna buy it and you're gonna love it and if you don't then you're gonna miss out on it and people are gonna talk about it later and they did a series several years ago that that they finally collected and it is um solo yes and they collected Mm -hmm. it in the deluxe edition and it was, if you don't remember, um, it was a series of, of single issues that spotlighted a, um, a, a very important artist, a very noteworthy artist that you may not see on, on a regular basis in comics. They did one for Tim Sale, Richard Corbin, which, touch yourself, silently, Vince, <laughs> uh, Paul Pope. Howard Chaykin, Darwin Cook, yes. Jordy Bernay, Mike Allred, um, Teddy Sergio, huh? Yep. Oh, Sergio, yes, Sergio Aragonis. It, it's you know Brendan McCarthy, Scott Hampton. It, it, it there such a beautiful expression from these artists that you don't normally see working on monthly books or 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 even you know on on a on a very regular basis in mainstream books where they are able to come in and and in one issue show why they love these characters that that DC owns and you know solo was a project that that comic book fans loved, you know, real artist fans loved. And thank God they, they collected it. And it is something that, you know, if, if it's not on your shelf, there is a hole on your shelf that you need to fill because it is, it is an absolutely amazing collection of some of the best living artists and writers doing what comics should be. And, um, and get it. It's far and away, far and away, my favorite collected edition this year. Yeah, and a testament to Mark Chirello, the uh, DC's longstanding mm-hmm. art, art director, who spearheaded that, and then later on spearheaded, you know, Wednesday Comics. Wednesday yeah. Comics, and and that dude, that dude is one of my idols. That he is so good, and boy, did he challenge them to to do like important stuff. I mean, comics print. 
a bunch of stuff every month that is it's kind of fast food. It, it doesn't necessarily matter. Chirillo really pushed the envelope on stuff that that podcast. Hopefully, ten and fifteen years from now, whenever we're you know you know pushing the still doing you know, pu- still pushing doing the lawnmower it. around the front yard, we'll talk <laughs> about how awesome some of these projects were. And Solo is going to be one of those projects. You need to keep an eye on this uh, CMYK thing from Vertigo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. You got that. I got, uh, I read the issues as they were coming out and I thought the, uh, the collected edition was a really nice package. It is, uh, from Mr. Matt Wagner and Simon Bisley and Rodney Ramos and it is, uh, the Tower Chronicles Geist Hawk. It is, uh, collects the four issues, um, published by, uh, the Legendary and it is, um, it is just, it's, it's, really pretty and and the story is 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 out there but it's it's uh it's got a couple of creators that i'm real big fans of uh, telling a story that i probably wouldn't normally have um have tried but uh and i gotta thank Hassan for uh hooking me up with the first issue uh a couple of christmases ago and it is uh i'm glad he did and i i definitely recommend it and it's it's not um it's not an inexpensive project, but it's, uh, I think it's worth it if, if you're, uh, into the occult and, and, um, Who, and me? vampires and demons and, and Simon Bisley art and chicks with pointy nipples. And so there you go. No. So it's, no. it's, it's, it's old. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Um, I love I, cook. I did not go the obvious route. Uh, I will say that the eerie and creepy archives have garnered the Mike Norton Lifetime Achievement Award for me, so I can't pick them. Um, I did go with a head-spinningly dense work um, in both word and image. It's a post-apocalyptic tale of man-gods and god-men and alien intervention uh and this gigantic sprawl of human history and the uh investigations into the human organism and it's just a whole lot more than that uh it's published by titan comics we've had two volumes to date six will be published total written and illustrated by jack katz it's the first kingdom loved it back in the day love it even more now because they cleaned up the uh the text um and it's uh, far easier to read, easier on the eyes, and it's just a great, just crazy story. A huge cast of characters, like, makes Lord of the Rings look like a sitcom. There's just tons of characters in this thing. And uh, it's a great, great work, and I'm glad somebody uh, had the balls to reprint it. It's great stuff. Um, the Unwashed Masses <laughs> have uh, has have said their piece. With uh, 3% of them of went, went to uh, Matt Kent's mind management. Ooh, there's the bouncing cell. Uh, 3.0% again went with uh, Jeff Smith's Razzle. That's awesome. Grant Morrison and Company's uh, Complete Zenith got 3.8% of the votes. And holy cow. Oh, a few people agree with Chris. Mm. Woo! Uh, Solo, the deluxe edition, got 7.5% of the votes, enough to garner the top spot. Who Let's says see. I'm the fucking contrarian? Everyone Seriously, agrees with everybody. 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 You're the conformist tonight. I know I am. Um, uh, uh, 
And seriously, the Razzle Collected Edition, oh, it's so good. And it's it is. neat. To, it it, is. It's neat. It's neat to see it colored. Um, go get if you, it, but you have to get the black and white one too. You have to buy it twice because they're both uh-huh. awesome. Nice. Yeah. Is it me? Yeah, tell us what's funny, Chris. I have to call. (laughs) Chris gets the humor one. That's awesome. What? What do you mean? Let's keep on moving. (laughs) Uh, This is the uh, the favorite humor category. Uh, This was um, this was pretty easy for me. Um, I mean, in the past, you know, humor comics are are hard to hard to come by. I'm I'm gonna give a creator award here, um, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's 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 more than it's more than one um, it's more than one comic. Um, I think Ryan Brown is an absolutely fantastic um, humor cartoonist and um, and writer, and not just uh, God God hates astronauts is. Um, is absolutely fantastic. And if you don't, if you haven't gotten God hate, God hates astronauts, then, then you absolutely, um, should, but you know, follow, follow him on, on Twitter and Facebook and, and, and read his, you know, read his other stuff. But, uh, um, you know, so Ryan Brown as a, as a humor artist is, is absolutely my God. <laughs> what? Jason's writing things in the cells. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Go. Hi, hi, Dap. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I... Fun with spreadsheets. Who would have thought? Seriously. Thank you, Google Docs. Um, mine is, uh, is pretty much a, a, it's a representation of the cartoon in comic book form. It's Adventure Time. Ah, That's cool. It is good. This guy cracks me up on a whole bunch of levels. I mean, the mere thought of the fart boobs strip <laughs> still gives me the giggles. Uh, and that alone was enough to, to snag this category, but you got some snake and bacon. You got Magritte, the surrealist crime dog, uh, Twain and Einstein, Gordon Ramsay's fairy tale toilet kitchen nightmares. The uh, Moon 69, it's just so funny. It's Michael Kupperman. Tales Designed to Thrizzle Aww. from, yeah, it's uh, good. from, from Fanagraphics, uh, Volume 2. Great, great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly Hard other people boot. have decided to have fun with spreadsheets as well. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's, you started it. It's true, I did. Uh, I got to have Daps back on this one. I, I, um, I, I yeah. had to go with Adventure Time. Um, and, and it's it's terrific, but the other cool thing about it is uh, my middle son Jackson has uh, fought fought tooth and nail against being into comics, almost as like it's despite me. <laughs> and for some reason, the Adventure Time hardcover mathematical editions he devours. The third one actually just came out and uh, came in my last uh, shipment. And he, I handed it to him literally out of the 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 package, and he went and sat and read it until its completion. So it's cool to have a little comic bond with my boy over that. We should shout out yeah. Ryan North, who's the writer, uh, and uh, a bunch of artists on it. But I think Braden Lamb and Shelley P- Paraline are the, the, if you will, main artists on it. So they get, they deserve a shout out too. I I read something today about Adventure Time mm-hmm. uh, in comic form, and it, I think it was pretty much the best compliment they could have given the creative team. They said it's it's really um, 
pleasing when you can't remember that great episode of Adventure Time, uh, w- whether it happened in the comic or was it a right, televised right. episode. That's so I mean great. that that's how close the comic. Yeah, is I would to the agree. Show. It's it's it's, yeah. it's one of those very successful cross medium, you know, uh, homages. It definitely serves the the comic or the comic serves the cartoon very well. Um, the audience's choices, um, an actual tie, which is difficult to do when you have this many votes, uh, was with, for third place with 5.6% of the vote, uh, our buddy Ryan Brownie's God Hates Astronauts tied with, uh, Mr. Matt Fractions, uh, and Chip, Chip Zdarsky's, uh, yeah. Sex Criminals. That's a, uh, that's a goddamn shame. And read Blasphemous. In second place, uh, the aforementioned Adventure Time. David and my choice. And uh, in first place, no real surprise here. I think it was my choice uh, last year and maybe the year before that. Um, and it's probably certainly the best selling of, of, of the humor books would be Chew by Mr. John Lehman and Rob Guillory. Uh, an excellent choice with 8.8%. So I can never fault anyone for giving Chew love because it's, it's a great book. Yeah. And it has been for a while now. Definitely. Yeah. It's got some teeth to it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they've got yeah. Two, two oversized hardcovers and all that good yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got some, got some age on it. David, tell us what's new, son. Oh, man. Let's see. Favorite new comic. Mine <laughs> is... Now i got to go to the other spreadsheets. Vince, Vince loves that I'm pushing the show along. I know. It's awesome. It's great. <laughs> oh, mine, actually, and and it was... It, it really wasn't all that close. I was thinking about all the things that actually started this year and... and Really, the one that sticks out is is one thing that I read most recently. Uh, Umbral. I, I, I thought I, that would be your choice. Yeah, yeah. It it was just. Yeah. I mean, it it. Yeah, no. I I'm not gonna dawdle on it, but it it's um no it it's uh Johnston and and it, it no I definitely recommend it. I uh, I need to uh, I need to get back to it because I believe I, I have not read the I haven't read the second issue yet and I do believe it's available so I need to check that out. For those that want to hear David's uh eloquent long form thoughts on it, you can go listen to episode two hundred and ninety one of our show for a deep review of Umbral. Nice. Yep. Where else can you see Sherlock Holmes, Merlin, Robin Hood, uh Dracula and Musashi in one book? Well, I'll tell you, it, it, it's, uh, published by Image, written by, uh, Frank Barbieri, and illustrated by the disturbingly, disgustingly talented Chris Mooneyham. It's Five Ghosts. And I'll use one of Jason's words, uh, gobsmacked when I, when I, when I read the, the first issue, just how damn good this book is. Um, it caps, it scratches that Bronze Age itch for me. It's a little bit of, um, Sal Basima, a little bit Jabasima, a little bit uh, Klaus Janssen, but it's all Mooneyham and it's beautiful and dark and the conceptual hook, the, the, uh, the, the dreamstone thing where the literary ghosts infuse this Fabian Gray character and he can, you know, use the, 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 the benefits of each character is just amazing and so refreshing and so well done. I love Five Ghosts and that's who I gave it. That's what I gave it to. Oh, yeah! Great book. I wonder what Jason gave it. I'm wondering myself. No, um, <laughs> he's sleeping. <laughs> at no, the bus no, no I'm not. Sorry. Um, I I was just thinking about the way to describe this book. Uh, my choice was actually pretty easy on this one. Um, 
because it's it's easily one of my favorite books in general uh, right now. So so it, it was an easy choice for this one, which is Mr. Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragata's East of West. Um, mm-hmm. This is a book that's um, – I know Chris Campbell's probably listening and punching himself in the taint right now because he's, he's, he's bewildered by this taint. book. But uh, this is a book that uh, I think is Hickman at his best in the sense that he's, he's crafting a long-form story where there's just a lot of complexity. Um, he, he definitely challenges readers. He assumes that you're going to follow along. He doesn't. He doesn't just you know kind of spoon feed you a lot of narrative or or uh, or, or uh, you know overt um, you know exposition. Uh, but it's essentially a dystopian book uh, featuring the four horsemen of the apocalypse, where death is the. I'm not sure there is a protagonist in the book, but if there is one, it's death mm-hmm. um, on his quest for revenge and justice, if you will, in his own sixth sense. But it's this. It's this just fascinating world that's politically charged and I think has some undertones about Jonathan's probably sense of where we're going as a society. But it doesn't, it doesn't force feed you that. It gives you that in the context of a really entertaining neo-Western setting where, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, it's, it's, they're cowboys in a sense, but they're also, it's a science fiction book and there's, you know, they, they, they ride flying grasshopper looking vehicles and uh, there's magic and superpowers. It's, it's just, it, it's almost, uh, you know, it's it's such a cross genre book that I, I don't know how I would necessarily pigeonhole it, other than to say it's fantastic. Each issue keeps me on the edge of my seat. Um, you know, the characters are richly developed, and uh, there really isn't anyone. It's epic. It's an epic. Yeah, book. it is. It, it, epic yeah. is a great word to describe it. There, there really is no clear cut hero in the book, and I'm a fan of that kind of storytelling. I know for some that's a bit off putting, but I, I love books like that where the anti hero is the hero. You know, I grew up uh, watching Clint Eastwood movies with my dad. You know, my dad's favorite stuff is the spaghetti westerns, and this is, in a lot of ways, a <clears throat> excuse me, a, com- a comic homage to that. So, and 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 again, while Hickman is definitely the storytelling mastermind behind this, uh, you know, Dragota is is just absolutely crushing this book. Uh, you know, the visuals are such a distinctive part of it in terms of the character designs and the set pieces and everything, and that's all out of Dragota's mind. And uh, I just think he's made a ton of brilliant choices. Uh, and the great thing about this book is that, um, you know, it's certainly not the first and it won't be the last dystopian-themed comic that I read. But the visual world that Dragata has created is distinctive. You know, every time if I have a stack of 50 comics that I get in my shipment, this book looks different each and every month than anything else that I have in my pile. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, I couldn't imagine picking anything other than this for, for my best new comic of the year. Yeah, it's hot. It's it's was a close second for me. And who was your first? Um, there's a book that uh, that Michael Lark and Greg Rucka started this year that is basically a dystopian future where Mitt Romney was elected president, and everything went to shit. And it's called Lazarus. And it is amazing. I'm joking about the Romney thing. Um, it is kind of. Um, no, it is. It is an amazing. It, it, these are both dystopian books that we're talking about. Of you know where things have gone ho- horribly wrong. And Lazarus is uh, is a book that if the financial crisis that we went through in 2008, if it had gone 
more horribly wrong and over the cliff where we could have have ended up is is the um the the basis of the idea and it and it's about um class warfare and the division of of have and have not gone to an incredibly wrong level and it's a it's a huge warning um book and and i obviously that that scratches uh an itch of mine and um um it centers on surprisingly for greg rucka it's a it, it centers on a female character <laughs> and um yes yeah, shockingly uh but it is uh it is a character who seemingly has the ability to come back from the dead hence hence the name um what we start to find out as the series progresses is that she is very much a pawn in a much larger game of um control of the masses and growth of the the family i.e. the the corporation that controls uh, a segment of um of the population and 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 the country and and has become you know obviously you know very global it is it is a, a very bleak look at our future and something that uh that i think uh that people should read and and see as um unfettered capitalism gone completely wrong and uh uh yeah on top of that, it has awesome fight scenes. So it's, it's, it's awesome. And my favorite new comic book of this year. Respect. Aww. What well, do people listeners. think? Well, David can pick it. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm the end here. <laughs> Sorry. I got ahead of myself. Um, uh, favorite new series. I cannot deny this with 7.2% of the vote after life with Archie. Um next, uh as Jason said, also awesome, East of West with nine point nine percent, we'll call it ten percent of the vote. Um next, uh two issues in, so with one good issue, everyone decided that uh or ten point five percent of the people decided that black yeah. science that black science was the best new series Hostiles. of the year. Well, they had one awesome fucking issue. Moving on. Uh oh my gosh, look at me. Mr. Fifteen point one percent. I'm Mr. Popularity, Lazarus. I'm afraid. I know. God, I'm a scared dude. Dude, I'm hey, really scared too. Look at me. I'm up. Yes. Um, I will not read the title of the. There we go. Of this uh, category, as stated in the spreadsheet, I will say favorite colorist, and I'm going to break with both uh, tradition and expectations. I'm not going to go. With, uh, Jordi Belair or, or Val Staples or, um, Dave Stewart. I am going to give it to the who dude left? who, who spewed the most <laughs> beautiful hues this year. Uh, I could have given him this award based on Black Science number one alone, but that's not all he did. He, uh, added delicious color to, uh, Remender and, uh, Junior and Jansen's, uh, Captain America run. He did Kick-Ass 3. He did uh, Colored Overall Pena, I think, in Avengers. Uh, and uh, AVX, Dean White. My God, is he nice. great. He is very good. Yes. There you go. Uh, sorry, I can't. Well, Dean White's certainly worthy. But I had to go with the uh, the Bell of the Ball this year. The woman who seemingly colored all the books. I mean, I, I think, <laughs> I don't know. She's definitely has to be. 
at her computer 18 hours a day. Um, because it feels like half of the books I ordered from DCBS this year she colored. I am, of course, talking about, uh, Declan Shalvey's better half, uh, the lovely lady, uh, American who lives in Ireland, Miss Jordy Belair, uh, who I think definitely, much like last year, I think Betty Brightweiser, um, broke into the scene, uh, and, and really made a name for herself, uh, and, and has quickly established herself, I think, as one of the preeminent, uh, color artists in, in the biz. And uh, I think deservedly so. She's worked on so many different books from horror to superhero to indie. Uh, and, and she's brought a, a very subtle and different color palette to each one to fit the book, um, which is something I think that all great color artists should do. But 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 many yep. that work in the business don't do. And so I have to tip my cap to her. Uh, and uh, again, I'm sure I'm not alone there, but but I, she she got my vote. Um, sometimes you can be the contrarian and and pull something out to be different or uh to swim against the stream not on this one um man she is just at the the top of the industry right now boy jordy jordy belair is uh, uh easily best colors this year i uh i heard it it it's my notes are basically i, I think she has colored more books i've read this year than just about anyone else mm-hmm. um and it it, and it's not like, okay, she colored it and, and, you know, you move on. She brought something different, whether it's Manhattan Projects or Zero or Quantum and Woody over Fowler or uh, the covers that she did on, um, over Declan's work on Robocop The Last Stand. Everything she does. Pretty deadly. Ex- pretty deadly. Mm-hmm. So there, there are, you know, <laughs> she had, I, I know, he's, he's, he had to throw me for a loop there, but the, uh, <laughs> it's, great other book. than that, everything else she does is great. And, and the, uh, I am, I have to go with what the guy said, with, with, well, with two of my brothers said, and, uh, and she, she is the dances with wolves of colors this year. <laughs> oh, jeez, why you gotta hit her in the crotch? What? Like that? that thing won like everything. Yeah, it all went downhill from it there. Did. Yeah, it was the obvious choice for everything that year. <laughs> I, I gotta call you Stan. What did the face? listeners Stands think, David? Did they agree the with The listeners, me? that, well, it's, Just don't it's, call me the postman. Actually, some of them agreed with, with that all of us. <laughs> Now that we have uh, Matt Hollingsworth with 5.5% of the votes, mm-hmm. Dave Stewart at 6.2% of the votes. Which, by the uh, way, is by far and away the lowest he's ever gotten. Yeah, I, but I mean, come on, Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, definitely. What do you see? Yeah, I think he's won, yeah. what, seven Eisners? Yeah. I'd like to see You know, honestly, I'd like to see him. Um, I, I know a Dave Stewart book whenever I see it. I'd like to see some different stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17.1% of the listeners, of the voters, went with Vince and said Dean White. Nice. And a whopping White. 44.5% voted for the lovely and talented Miss Jordi Belair. She does have That's presence awesome. and she is good. For the record, by the way, a little bit of trivia, Jordi's 44.5%, second highest percentage in all of the categories for the winner. Um, and the, the one that beat it out, which we'll get to later, um, was not a person, but actually an entity. So she was the highest vote getter in terms of percentage, the most dominant creator wow. of the year, Miss Bella. Yes. Nice. That's awesome. Nice. Wonderful. Uh, speaking of awesome, love original graphic novels. Feel like it gets <laughs> underplayed in the industry. Doesn't get enough coverage from our fellow well, podcast brethren. Vince is laughing. OBGYN. Kindergartner. OBGYN. Uh, but in any event, um, get out the speculums. Uh, let's keep on track, please. Uh, in any event, uh, 
my choice here, which I alluded to <laughs> earlier, is Red Handed, The Fine Art of Strange Crimes by Mr. Matt oh. Kint. Yes. Um, this is uh, published by uh, First Second, which is a division of Macmillan. It is an astounding work. Um, it is a detective story involving a detective named Gould, who basically solves every crime that he's ever presented with in a small town called Red Wheelbarrow. Um, but then suddenly, after decades of solving everything, he's a modern-day Sherlock Holmes, um, a series of absolutely crazy and obtuse crimes begin to occur that don't seem connected, and he can't solve any of them. And it takes you on this journey where you realize that not only are they connected, but they also are directly connected to Detective Gould. And I will say this, and I mean this in the biggest compliment, this makes the uh, the arc and reveal in The Usual Suspects and Kaiser Soze seem like child's play. It is an intricately woven you know, set of stories that seemingly are disconnected but entertaining in their own right, almost like an anthology. And then by the end of the book, they all connect together and give you this punch-in-the-face conclusion that you're just sitting there going, you have got to be kidding me. He must have had, you know, one of those crazy maniacal rooms filled with flow charts and strings and arrows and, 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 and diagrams to connect everything together to make all this work seamlessly. And it's one of those books that after you read it and then you see how it all ties together, you want to go back and read it and then almost see if he made any mistakes in the conductivity and he doesn't. Everything fits together perfectly in like this perfect jigsaw puzzle of, of mystery. Um, it's just, it's Kent at his finest. And I cannot recommend this book highly enough. And I feel like it's been chronically underappreciated this year, probably because it wasn't put out in the traditional comic book market, but was put out by a book publisher. But either way, it absolutely deserves anybody's attention that's either a Kint fan or a crime or detective fan. It's fan-frickin-tastic. All right. Um, I've waxed poetic about this um, several times. Um, Paul Pope um, put out a classic this year. Battling Boy is everything that Julian Weidel and Vince say is awesome about you know punching someone in the face and being <laughs> awesome um, is this book. Plus you get you know mythology and the municipal politics and superpowers and godlike abilities and street gangs and it is just this package of awesome that is a little undersized is the I think the only nitpick I've heard on it is that is that the package is that people would love to see it in a larger presentation because it's Paul Pope because well if it's Paul Pope then the art is awesome but um the story was everything I want to see in an action adventure comic and it was uh just about a we'll say a 9.5 out of 10 for me so battling boy um easily easily my favorite OGM of the year yikes yeah, I, I wow. um, David. I still have it here. I still have to read it, so I will see if if Chris was right on that. And I am going with something I already picked before, and that the listeners picked earlier, and uh, that I gushed about already, and that is the Fifth Beetle. Yes, you Ooh. did, mm-hmm. and yes, it deserves no doubt, it. No doubt. Um, 
I want everybody to um, join me uh, along with the uh, giant eyeless albino penguins enchanting Telikili because I gave it to Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill's Nemo Heart of Ice wow. because there wasn't a better OGN published. It's really good. Twenty thirteen. It's hard. It's yes. it's hard to vote against Alan Moore. Or what, was it credited to um, the original writer? <laughs> no, because it wasn't published by Marvel. Um, we were four for four on un- this one with the, uh, with the it, listeners. Yeah, and unfortunately, only 5.9% of the uh, voters agreed with me for Nemo, Heart of Ice. 7.6% of the people picked red-handed, Word. the fine art of strange crimes. 21.2% went with the dashing Paul Pope and Battling Boy. And wow, 23.7% chose the fifth Beatle as the best OGY and OBGY for the year. Hey, Vince, do you yes, know how hard it was for me to not pick a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen OGN this I year. I know, I know. That's how fucking and good Battling Boy is. I know, but did you know how hard it was for me for, to not go with Paul Pope? I know, Pope? it's, 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 it's yeah. tugging at the heartstrings, isn't it? You gotta go with your gut. What tipped it over the, uh, the, the scales for uh-huh. me? Size. It's the Lovecraft angle. Oh. To, uh, Basically, it's just because okay. you guys didn't read Red Handed that you didn't choose it, but that's cool. Okay, let's keep on. It's true. That's true. I need it's to true. get I'm I didn't sorry, read it either, get... yeah. Alright, um, oh, this is, uh, this is a good one. Uh, I'm leading off the favorite writer slash artist. Oof. It's a big uh, I'm, God, I, I hate piggybacking. Um, okay. in a year where Darwin Cook put out a graphic novel, it's really hard to do this. In a year when Alan Moore put out a graphic novel. Uh, it's really hard to do this, but Battling Boy was so good. And from the combination of, of story, plot, scripting, and art, I mean, as far as we're talking like total package here, man, Paul Pope. Yeah, he's great. Paul Pope is just That's great. great. See, that guy, that Paul Pope guy's good. He's very yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the Jordy Belair thing. <laughs> it's like, it. at some point, you just have to go with the obvious pick. And Paul, For, Paul yeah. Pope is a goddamn animal. Yeah, I, I completely agree All with right, you. He does. He does. I, uh, I'm, I'm going in a different direction. Uh, I'm going with Mr. Gabriel Hardman. Oh, I, and, and why I, not? I, I am a fan. First of all, of 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 the man's work, he he, he draws beautifully. But uh, he has um, he has co-written uh, Station to Station with his wife. They they did some Abe's books. They did some Star Wars books, and um, and he's doing Kinski, which blows my doors off. So oh, I I so can't uh, so- I I really can't. Um, when I look at the books I've read over the year, and and the person who wrote and drew them. Uh, Gabe is at the top of that list. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to come out of left field. Go figure with this one. And uh, go with a guy who is um, simultaneously highbrow and lowbrow. He, he manipulates the medium unlike any other. His, his work is a frenzy of messy, uh, manic, chicken scratch, smeary, just ragged, id-driven marks. Uh, no one makes comics like this guy. 
for my money, that that formidable comics mount of uh, creators, there's one dude at the top looking down at all those little tiny dots, scrambling to keep up with them. Uh, in my opinion, he's untouchable. Uh, the guy's name is Josh Bayer, and if I could make comics like Josh Bayer, I would be a very, very happy man. Uh, 2013, he put out Raw Power number two, which was incredible. He did an homage to Bill Mantlo and, uh, Sal Basima's ROM 31 and 32 called ROM Prison Riot, which is just astoundingly good. Uh, the, then you have the Suspect Device anthology. Josh Bayer is friggin' fantastic. He does not know how good he is. Um, he is the heir apparent to Gary Panther, which is, He's in the ballpark, like that head of Uma, uh, bad, good, um, drawing style, but man, I, I, I'm very hesitant to say he's better than Panther, but he keeps going in the direction he's going. He's gonna be, yeah. Yeah, he's just great. Josh Bayer. Josh Bayer. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love him so much. You do. You do. I do. Super tough one for me. Um, cause I think as I think about this category, uh, it's fair to say that Many of my absolute favorite creators of any uh, skill are qualify as writer artists. Uh, for me though, this year again have to go with Matt Kent. Uh, I think it's the second time he's gotten my nod on this category. Um, he put out one of my favorite ongoing comics this year in Mind Management. He put out my favorite original graphic novel this year in Red Handed. And as if that weren't enough, he managed to break in big time into the mainstream this year. Uh, largely as a writer, um, in fact, he's doing all this while writing Justice League uh, and a host of other DC books. So, um, but for me, um, much like Jeff Lemire, in uh, who's who's also I think factors into this category. Um, while I think they're they've both done an excellent job writing um, for other illustrators, I think they're at their best when they have total control of the book. And uh, I, I just had to get I had to give him the love this year. Um, our listeners. We're house divided on this one. Um, with 8.4%, former 11 o'clock, uh, comics guest, uh, Mr. Brandon Graham, uh, with, uh, 8.4% coming in fourth place. Uh, in third place, uh, someone that has been doing this his own way for a long time, the incomparable Terry Moore. Uh, in second place, uh, with 16.1%, my choice, Mr. Matt Kent, and the winner, uh, and a two-time guest on our show with 18.2%, Mr. Jeff Lemire. Woot! Look at Sorry, that. Sorry, Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite horror is, uh, well, my pick went to one that, um, Vince gushed and gushed about and then, uh, Chris followed suit and then recently Jason and I just started, um, reading it. So I'm going with Afterlife with Archie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word. Yeah. Now, um, I think the legions would cry foul if I did not vote for this book, which is why Revival did not capture this category for me. Uh, it, it should have and it would have, but I'd have to contend with, you know, hypocritical, mm-hmm. you know, uh, emails and tweets. But, um, this disgusting, disturbing, and delicious mess is created by David Lapham. Mm-hmm. Cy Spurrier, Garth Ennis, Christos Gage, David Hine, yeah. Daniel Way, illustrated by Gabriel Andrade, Christian Zanier, the great Rallo Caceres, Miguel Garrido, Miguel Ruiz, Rafael Ortiz, 
that German Eremusp guy whose name I can never really figure out how to pronounce, and uh, Emiliano Iridona, it's crossed Badlands. Do I have to say anything else? No. No. There, Please. There's, you know, no. come on. It's it's my book. My I, horror book is. Yes. I would on. be disappointed if you hadn't chosen it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Giving how much you've airtime you've given it. Um, for me this year, I went with uh, again a creator that I've been a long time fan of, and um, although there were definitely some worthy contenders in this, for me, uh, I thought uh, Terry Moore's <clears throat> excuse me, Rachel Rising, uh, deserved the nod because it's it's definitely the horror book that I most anticipated. Uh, each issue and uh, continue to do so. So, and I actually bought a page of art from it. I was so much in love with it. So, uh, Rachel Rising gets my nod. Mm-hmm. You own. Oh fuck! I have, have to come to your house and steal Baltimore, that. Baltimore, baby. <laughs> uh, Where? What? What a um, what a surprise category to uh, to have a logjam of comics. It's very quietly we have a renaissance of horror comics. Mm-hmm. Seriously. About damn time. Um, and every, every comic in, and I'll go ahead and, uh, and go into, uh, into the, the internet's pick, into all the listener picks, because every one of them is absolutely, um, deserving. I'm going to side with Jason. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the slow burn and the, the build of, uh, of anticipation that, uh, uh, that Terry Moore has built in Rachel Rising. I think it is a masterpiece, uh, horror comic that, that we'll look back on and, and talk about for a long time. Um, and 9.0% uh, of the, uh, the voting base agreed with us. Um, next is, uh, is a book that, um, I'm trade waiting on. Um, I can't wait to, uh, to get the last, the last volume and find out how things, uh, work out. I think it is an absolute masterpiece over the last decade and that's lock and key with, uh, 15.2%. Um, tied at 15.2% is Afterlife with Archie. I think we've talked about the awesomeness that is that book. So, uh, so definitely go and check that out. And, uh, and my second place book, and because it is not a pure horror book, it is a mystery, it is a crime, it is a noir book, it is a, a lot of everything. And, uh, and that is Revival, um, from Image Comics and Tim Seeley and Mike Norton at 19%. So. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, um, what a great time to be a fan of horror comics. Mm-hmm. And not even any mention of Bedlam in that group, which I think certainly... Uh, man, it's well, that'll come up later. Yep. Oh, okay, good. I wish there was a revival of giant monster comics. Maybe that'll happen mm. this year. All right. Next up, it's our favorite limited series. And uh, I'm going to be relatively brief on this what? because you're going... To- you're going to hear it again. I'm just going to give you guys a little chance to stretch out. Um, it was released by Dark Horse Digital under their uh, Dark Horse Originals imprint. Uh, story by Damon Gentry and Aaron Conley. Yes. Uh, script letters and tones by Damon Gentry. Art by Aaron Conley. It's the mayhem of the malevolent Mastodon mathematician. I'm talking about Sabretooth yes. Swordsman. Holy crap-a-doodle. Um, we've talked about this at length. It, it's it's really, I mean, to throw out an overused word, it's a masterpiece. It's just a fantastic series. Um, incredibly dense and detailed art 
just uh, in, in, infused with energy and inventiveness and the characters are so beautifully designed. The, the title character alone is just amazingly well done. I, I love this series. Uh, the hardcover is gorgeous as well. I, I love so, Vince's yes. keeping it brief. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I believe it's Aaron Conley, and I know this only because I am proud to say I own a piece of said artwork. Of course. And it is no surprise to Vince, I'm sure, that this is also my choice for favorite yep. limited series of the year. It's absolutely, without question, one of the most exciting and surprising books that I came across this year, one of those rare things where you order it and almost forget why you ordered it, and then you read it, and it's just this explosion of enjoyment in your mind. And uh, I, I certainly can't wait to see what those guys have planned next, but I, it will, they will be hard-pressed to match the level of joy they gave me in this work. So uh, write, write it back at you, Vince. Uh, Saber Tooth Swords. And it's, and it's trippy as hell, too. Um. Minus one that I haven't had a chance to talk about yet. Uh, it is, uh, it is gorgeous. It is fun. It is, uh, a great adventure comic. Could have been a finalist in several other categories, but, uh, I'm gonna go with, uh, the Black Beetle from Dark Horse Comics Ooh, and nice. Francisco Francovilla. Monster talent. He is so goddamn good. Yes, and, uh, yes. man, if you like the, you know, Golden Age, um, adventure comics, uh, along the lines of the shadow or, you know, I- anything of the, the, the spider. Yeah. The, the black beetle yeah. is, is a character that I, I think, um, Frank Avila has, has, has reclaimed and, and really kind of made his own really fantastic stuff. Yep. I agree. Amazing. Beautiful um, hardcover from Dark Horse. Beautiful well. hardcover. Like yeah. I said, this could have been uh, mentioned in many other categories. For real. Uh, I'm going to go with a book that I wish my brothers talked about on the show, and uh, that's uh, Sabretooth Swordsman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you guys have already talked about it, and, and it just it blew me away. I, I, uh, I had an idea what I was getting into. When I started reading it based on what was talked about, um, but there was, it, it went way beyond anything I was expecting. So, uh, that was my pick for favorite limited series. And the listeners, uh, went with Infinity at 5.3%. Wow. I know. Uh, Fury Max at 6%. Worthy. Uh, The Wake at 6.8%. Also good. And Trillium at 12% is your winner. I don't believe that was initially solicited as a miniseries though. Uh, I think it was. I may, I may, I may, yeah. was it really? Yeah, oh, okay. aren't they all miniseries whenever we But the only thing I would <laughs> They're say, they're all limited. <laughs> I love The Wake and I love Trillium. I just, I couldn't, it's always tough for me to, to give something like that the nod before it's finished. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's yep. yes, neither yes, finished yes. yet. So, I mean, I'd be more apt to give it to them next year, you know, if they finish up strong, but, but definitely what I've <laughs> read so far, them have been great. Um, yep. okay. So, so next up in our genre hopping will be, uh, our discussion of favorite science fiction and or fantasy comics. Um, so, this is, you know, I think of all the categories of our comics, it's probably the one that you can uh, pigeonhole a lot of different things in. 
and and I had a, a short list of things I was considering. But at the end of the day, uh, if I'm being honest with how I view this comic and what genre it's in, I have to give the nod yet again to uh, Mr. Hickman and Mr. Dragato's East of West uh, for the reasons that I've already discussed. Santa boy. Terse. Um, very rarely will someone be able to transport me back to my childhood and embrace something that is, um, um, kind of a holy cow and make me, make me feel, um, very close to, to how I felt as a kid growing up with, with a, a property. Gabriel Hardman and Karina Becco did that with Star Wars Legacy. Mm. Mm. Yes, that is my that is my sci-fi fantasy pick this year. Awesome. Respect. Uh, like Jason, I'm going with East of West. Word. Wow, we're blowing through this, and then it comes to me. Um, my pick was written and illustrated by uh, the great Jeff Lemire. I think this is his strongest work, which is saying a hell of a lot considering everything the man has done. It's a tale that uh, showcases the deadly. Sp- sprawl of the call through the galaxy and uh the only thing that can abate it is the the increasingly rare trillium flower uh it was called no no that's a different book it's it's trillium from jeff lemire i was thinking of glider <laughs> it's 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 a trillium yes. by jeff lemire it's a great great book i i just oh i love every page of it um i'm sure that uh mr lemire will finish strong the uh the people's have picked uh Manhattan projects. Uh 6.2% of them. Wow, 6.8% of them went with profit. 9.3 went with east of west and if I follow the sliding cell to the winner, 32.9% went with the uh Brian K Vaughn's uh, saga. Woot, that's a strong showing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And deserved. Yeah. I feel like saga at least the way I voted just was a victim of the fact that it's already been out for a few years now, which is unfair. And you know what? That's okay. No, it's not unfair. It's not unfair. It's good. It's, it, it is, it is the evolution of comics and, and old things go away and new things come to move them out of the way. If we were, if we were still saying that Fantastic Four was the best comic out there, something would be prob, you know, there would be a problem. Chris getting all Emmanuel Kant up on our ass. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so let's talk about our favorite adventure comics. This is something, once again, I had to kind of be like, okay, where am I gonna put this? Because this deserves, uh, this deserves a spot. So I had to figure something out. Um, Velvet. By Ed Brubaker and Steve mm-hmm. Epstein. It is an adventure comic, yeah. so god damn it, I'm putting it in. And it's awesome. It is, it is an amazing espionage comic, which you guys know that, um, definitely scratches an itch for me. You like that stuff? I am a fan of the espionage. And, uh, this is basically the way I feel about it, uh, or the way I interpret it. Imagine if Money Penny had been, um, uh, a super secret agent all on her own, like on James Bond's level. And then um, after she retires from active duty, um, something comes back and she has to go back and, uh, and be her badass self. And uh, Velvet is, is fantastic. Just when she thinks she's out, they pull her yeah, back in. Yeah, and she has to do it for all the right reasons and all the wrong ones, too. Mm-hmm. That's great. 
Uh, my favorite adventure book, especially with this recent arc, uh, there's a lot of adventure going on just trying to get from place to place. Uh, it's Saga. Mm-hmm. Aww. See, there you go. I was just going to say that uh, the latest arc is definitely an ebb, a lull, but uh, it mounted and it finished. In uh, that home stretch was typical uh, Brian K. Vaughn fashion. I went with Saga as well. Ah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I guess went uh, a little bit uh, different than the all for this one. I went with Six Gun Gorilla. Uh, published by Boo, oh, written not, by yes. Simon Spurrier, and uh, wonderful art by Mr. Jeff Stokely. Uh, limited series that uh, uh, ran throughout the the year, um, and I just I thought it was just wildly entertaining and action packed. And uh, Stokely's a beast. It's a name I think that uh, people will he'll be a household name in a year or two if he, if he's if he's not already. Um, the the listeners um, saw things a little differently than us. Their fourth place choice, uh, not to be confused with my choice, the six gun gorilla, they chose the sixth gun, uh, mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, a long, uh, uh, now a long running, uh, book by our good yeah. buddies. And, uh, you know, a, 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 uh, I guess a supernatural western thriller, if you will. Uh, yeah. five, 5.1% went with five ghosts, which Vince, uh, professed love for earlier. 7.2% opted for the incomparable saga. Uh, and with 10%, a book that I honestly didn't think of for this category as being eligible, but it actually makes a ton of sense, and that is uh, Marvel's Thor, God of Thunder, uh, the winner in the yeah. uh, listeners' choices. And I can totally see that. The uh, the God Butcher uh, arc was certainly an adventure. Makes perfect sense. Uh, favorite ongoing? The big ones. We're getting into the big enchiladas here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wrestling with this one even up until today. And, uh, and, and I think I'm going to have to, uh, go with Superior Spider-Man. Cool. Good for you, David. My favorite ongoing by a wide margin. Nothing even comes close to this book. Um, Mike Norton and Tim Seeley's Revival. Wow, good for you. Nice. Mad yes. love, dude. You got mad love. It does. I do. Respect. All, always, always makes me happy. And and happy, I mean, it it feeds that beast that needs this this horror stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just I, I I I'm I'm curious about the mystery that ectoplasmic lumpy moaning creature freaks the hell out of me. I, I got to know what that is. Nice, I, I have to know. Bo- both yeah. excellent choices. My book again, the uh, a three time winner now for me tonight. Uh, a, a book that I just it's top, you know, whatever you want to call it, top of the stack, but. The second a new issue comes out, I have to read it. It's the first thing I, I think of reading, and it's the, it's the thing I, I have to be caught up with. Uh, and that is East of West by Mr. Mm-hmm. Hickman and Mr. Dragata. It's my choice. Nice. Uh, mine is uh, a book I describe to people as uh, the best Batman story that you haven't read. Moon Knight? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Nick Spencer and Riley Rosmo's Bedlam. Oh, nice! Ooh, it, I can't wait for that first trade. I've, I've never read it. It's out. Um, oh, it's get long it. since out. Yeah, yeah. Get it and let it hook you and and mind. wrap That's you in a big blanket of of awesome. It is. Um, hmm. I have been on Nick Spencer's ass since he was um, professed to be the next great thing, and I just didn't get it. And this book, I'm just like, yep, you know what? 
this, this is the guy that everyone was talking about. Now you should read Superior Foes of Spider-Man because it'll, it's another insight into why he's, you he's read Bedlam well. because it is, I will, it I, is, I have it coming. Vince, it's the best Batman story you've never read. Wow. Um, next up, look at this. Well, no, let's you, you didn't do, do the, the yeah, yeah, you didn't do oh, the roll okay. call. There Speaking you go. of, uh, best ongoing, um, apparently people did read the Batman, uh, because <laughs> Batman does get five, uh, 5% of the vote. Uh, the next, um, you know, kind of, uh, reoccurring theme here, uh, must be a pretty good book. Thor, God of Thunder gets 5.6% of the vote. Um, uh, a, a darling of this show, Daredevil gets 7.5%. I think that's a book that probably is suffering from being out now over a year and, uh, and is not, uh, not new and shiny, but, uh, but still awesome. And, uh, um, they will change that very soon. But, Yes, they're going to. Um, but also a book that isn't uh, brand new, shiny, uh, but still apparently capturing the uh, the hearts and minds of many. At fourteen point four percent is Saga, capturing the uh, the best ongoing from our audience. Mm-hmm. Next up is the favorite <laughs> penciler mm-hmm. category. Oof. I had an extremely hard time with Who this. Didn't? I backspaced over that uh, little cell many, many, many times, and I said, screw it. I'm going with my gut and uh, picking the man who makes me the happiest. Every time I see his artwork, it's just like it, it, it's it's. I, I have one foot in the past, one foot in the future. I went with John Romita Jr. because I absolutely adore Nothing the man's work. That. Yep. Super solid. Jason. Respect. Um this one again, like you said, Vince, I mean, this is tough because, you know, you guys usually pencil one book a month, so there's a lot to choose from. Um, for me, I went with a guy who, uh, who, who actually used to ink himself back in the Fear Agent days, but doesn't anymore. And, uh, and his original art is just the pencils, uh, and it's just breathtaking. When you see it, our boy Roland knows firsthand having, uh, bought a few pages from him. It's the incomparable, uh, and, and I think someday legendary status, probably a little too young in his career to call him that yet, but certainly he has the, the pedigree to do so. Mr. Jerome Opeña. God damn yes. you. Very humble too. Seriously humble. Yeah, Still yeah. my goddamn thunder. <laughs> Yeah, it, the the guy that I look at his pencils and I'm just like, that's who I wish I could draw like. Yeah, it's stupid. Jerome Opinia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so, insane. Yeah, he the the guy is the guy is is so good. He he, you you want to hate him, but you can't because it's too pretty. No doubt. <laughs> uh, I'm going with uh, the guy who, well, for one reason, um, he 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 draws a, a stunning. Kitty Pride, so Jews Unite, but he is kicking ass. <laughs> Jesus. On, uh, David Jesus. A. Price, you're a jerk. <laughs> oh, uh, he's a Jew. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, Stuart Eminem is, is killing it on, um, on, on all new X-Men, and it was, uh, I, I love his take on the first class and, and the way he, he draws the modern day, uh, mutants and, and his, uh, the parts he did in um battle and the battle future he had him. yeah i mean it's all just yeah. it i he i like these characters and i'm like okay you know well bendis is going to be writing an x-men book that i mean that that wasn't the selling point for me knowing that that eminem was going to be drawing it i was like i'm 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 all over it and and 
he still makes a he and Von Gro Badger make a, make a fantastic team. But Eminem is my favorite penciler for 2013, and the listeners they decided to go with Miss Fiona Staples with 6.1 percent of the vote. Sorry. Uh, one guy who I was, uh, who I had tied with Stuart for a while until I finally, um, just manned up and picked one, and that is, uh, Isad Ribic, uh, with 6.7% of the vote. You had Chris and Jason's Jerome Opeña, also at 6.7. Uh, but the number one at 16.4%, the listeners went with Papi Capullo. For the third year in a row, I think. Wow. Yeah, no surprise. Yeah, no surprise. Papi but, you know, the man has more than paid his dues, and it's really great to see him sucking some of that cream. Yeah, you're right off the teat right there. <laughs> yep. You got that. All right, the, uh, the home stretch here, the uh, five last categories. I uh, I have the privilege of, of starting us off talking about our favorite inker or penciler inker. And uh, much, much to David's chagrin. Uh, I know it hurts his heart. I have to say that usually when I'm thinking of this category, I'm generally thinking of guys that pencil and ink their own work versus choosing an inker. Um, I apologize, David, for that, but it is the way I do think about it. Um, and with that in mind, uh, I had to go with, uh, again, someone that uh, David, I think, writes love letters to at times, uh, Mr. Chris Somney. Um and, you know, those that, that are regular listeners know that, um, you know, I was way behind on Daredevil, uh, which has been pretty much the only place you'd see Chris's work of late. And, uh, I caught up on it in the last two weeks in anticipation of, of our 11 o'clock skirts balloting. And I just, you know, I had, frankly, I'll be honest, I had forgotten how ridiculously talented a cartoonist Chris is. Um, and I just, uh, I just, I looked at every page and every panel of every issue of the like 10 issues of his that I read two weeks ago and just was just marveled at his ability to evoke emotion and gravitas and humor and adventure and all these different feelings in the same book. And, uh, the dude is, uh, I think finally getting the respect he deserves industry wide. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's more than apt because the dude is ridiculous. So Somni gets, uh, gets my pick and i think this is the first year i've ever picked him i think it's david's picked him every year but i think this is my first year of giving him the love and it's long overdue oh nice chris is one of my all-time favorites i've got commissions from him that i will treasure for the the rest of my life and and that's a I love the success that he's having in uh, in the comics world, and this is I mean this is such a hard category because I mean this is kind of what it comes down to on on half of of what we judge comics on is is the visual, and um, for me a guy that that just kind of speaks to um, to my aesthetic that that is pleasing in every way and embraces um, some technology that I like but is able to do that but at the same time look old timey um, Chris Somney would definitely um, fit into that mold but but this year I think with uh, with his work on uh, afterwarth with Archie and Black Beetle, um, Francesco Francavilla is is my favorite uh, inker penciler. Can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah I was just gonna say that. Yeah, you cannot argue with um, that. He's good. Well, he is good. I, it, um, and I I went 
with, uh, <laughs> my default. I'm, I'm following, I'm following Jason's lead this year. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, it's again also be, be because of the Daredevil stuff. It, for me, it's Chris Somney. It's, uh, unfortunately, I still do not have a, um, I have a sketchbook and, and I have, uh, I got on that notes. shit early, David. I know, I know. I, I still need an original piece of uh, of Somni art, but I've um, got two. I've got two eleven by seventeen commissions. I know, I know. I'm lucky, and you but are not. I'm, I'm waving. True. I'm sticking my. I'm sticking my tongue out and waving my. You know. You know. Ah. Have you to point that out to me? <laughs> I think Chris could learn learn a little bit from Jerome Pena. Ah. Um, this my choice. Has had a very big year. Um, the man has been with me since I first sprouted pubic hair. That's a long time. Uh, he has been doing a, a, an ongoing series of magnificent uh, Edgar Allan Poe adaptations uh, for Dark Horse Presents, collected in The Raven and the Red Death and The Fall of the House of Usher. Uh, he had a story and a cover in the Liberty Annual, uh, the comics book legal defense cl- uh, thing from Image. He has covers and stories and Dark Horse is creepy and eerie and he's in the archives and he's Richard Corbin. I was say it's Corbin, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's one of those guys that, you know, you say comics and right after Kirby, I probably say Richard he's Corbin. He's a legend, yeah. He's awesome. He is. And he's been around seemingly forever and I'm so grateful for that. You got that, that solo collection, right? I sure is. Oh, Corbin stuff is so good. Yeah. What did the audience think, Vince? Well, what did the audience think, Thunk? They, uh, 5.7 of them anyway, went with the awesome Francesco Francavilla. 7.1% went with, uh, Fiona Staples. David Aja got 11.3%. And the top slot, no surprise, it's in David's contract. <laughs> Chris Somney, Mr. Somney, got 14.9% of the well votes. Save the Holy mackerel, Andy. <laughs> Look at that. Chris, <sighs> talk to us about Oh, right? boy. Um, this is, you know, kind of like um, favorite uh, uh, inker, penciler, inker. This is the uh, the other half of the equation that we talk about. It's really hard um, to to narrow this down. You know, who wrote your favorite story this this year? Um, I how do you pick this? Oh, it's well, it's so, amazingly so, easy to pick this did. one. Yeah, I didn't have yeah. an issue with this one. <laughs> um, man, Jonathan Hickman had such a good year. There you go. <laughs> I mean, yep. even stuff that I didn't like of his was outweighed by stuff that I thought was so good. Um, That's just the thing. How do you pick? I mean, look at all the man has done yeah, this yeah. year. J- j- just alone, Manhattan Projects, yep. bam, that would have got him at least in the east running. West. Then you then you throw in East of West and the fact that he stuck the landing on a massive uh, company-wide crossover like Infinity. Come on. Yep. There's no other the, choice this, this year. This was his year. Yeah. It's I, I and I hope man, my my only my only nitpick on him is that I, I think he needs to humanize a little bit more. He's got such a great feel for plot and in 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 script and you know, putting the right pieces on the board. Um there, there, you gotta read Infinity. There there's I'm not gonna read Infinity. There's still there's still Sometimes with him, 
um, a stiffness that it doesn't hit me at the ultimate emotional level. You know, honestly, Manhattan Projects does the does the best job of of making me really feel for characters um which is which is interesting but yeah it, it, he has really come into his own as 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 one of the one of the tops in the industry and you you can't you can't deny him as uh, as an amazing writer this year nice uh i'm going to buck the trend with this one uh oh snap Unlike my brothers, I am, um, I'm going with Dan Slott. Oh, well, that's a, hey, if there's one guy that's gonna buck the trend, <laughs> there yeah, you go. I, he, I'm shocked, David. And, uh, he's, he's been, he's been writing Spidey stories that I wanted, that I want to read. And, uh, and, and as I said before, I'm along for the ride and it's not, um. That's a great way to put it. I just, put how many of us have have read and bought Amazing out of habit? I mean, a lot there's of been us. years, you know, for years and years. Now, these are Spidey stories I want to read. That's a great way to do it, David. I'm glad you said that. You're right there, Deb. Yeah. <laughs> these these are Spidey stories that I don't feel like I've been robbed for. <laughs> so, Vince, hmm. your your option is Hickman, is what you said. Oh yeah, definitely, Jonathan Hickman. All right, well, by far, I guess yeah. uh, we're. We haven't had a sweep, we haven't had a sweep yet amongst us, but I we have three out of four this time. I, I had to go with Hickman. For me, it was between Kent and Hickman, but the tiebreaker really was the was the big two stuff. Um, I think I, I and not to say that Kent's DC work wasn't high quality, but the fact of the matter is I didn't read much of it, and uh, it just his name alone, in spite of my being a big fan, wasn't enough to draw me into those books. Whereas you know Hickman, as you guys have already eloquently stated, killed it on both the uh, you know the Marvel front and. Uh, multiple creator-owned books this year that that are all different genres and tones, and I think that's a, a rare feat. And uh, so Hickman dislodges Jason Aaron from his, I think, three-year streak of being my favorite writer. Uh, the the listeners uh, threw 8% of their support behind Mr. Brian K. Vaughn, uh, which is totally understandable. 8.6% uh, of them gave Mark Wade love. And, you know, Wade is another one of those guys that's uh, been around forever. But, uh, you know, he's really, you know, I think, Frankly, once he gave up being the editor in chief at Boom, has really started, you know, I think putting out just 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 classic work. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. He's yeah, a Hall of Famer sure. for sure. Ten point three percent in second place. Uh, the the aforementioned Jason Aaron, who's always going to rank up there, uh, and then um, one of the a, a surprisingly big percentage, just given how many writers there are in the industry. Thirty three point nine percent agreed with. Vince, Chris, and I, and gave uh, the uh, their favorite choice to Jonathan Hickman this year. So I guess we could say this was the year of the Hickman. Yep. Nice. Uh, favorite publisher? Um, it was really down to, to kind of two for me, um, but I looked over what I um, what I enjoyed from both and, and, and what I got out of them, and um, I am going with uh, with Marvel. Dick. <laughs> you think he's going to shatter the streak again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sweep, not the streak, the sweep. The sweep. The streak? We're Dang. streaking. I, I bet Who we do. Who was your choice, Vince? My favorite publisher, um, again, by huge, huge margin, I, 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 I briefly considered Marvel just because of the, the strong showing from Hickman. 
And I mean, there's a lot of great books at Marvel. Uh, Jason Aaron with a, you know, Wolverine and the X-Men and Bendis is, I don't care what anyone says. Bendis is friggin' killing it with all, all new X-Men. It was this, the biggest surprise of 2013 if we had a category for that. But this company left everybody else in their dust. Uh, I went with Image. So many good books uh, have, are coming out of Image. I don't even have to go down the list, but just look at the winners here. Um, mo- the majority of the stuff is is just flying out of Image, and that there, you know, there's a reason for that. They have a lot, a lot of good books. Mm-hmm. You love your pretty deadly. It's, I do, <laughs> I do love that book. I don't. Um, yeah, I do. Well, I mean, much like you both, it, it, for me, it was there were two above all else this year, and it was Marvel and Image. Uh, I just think they they for me made up the vast majority of comics that I. That I loved and read uh, this year, but uh, I got to go with my man Dap uh, in a very close vote. Oh. I'm uh, I'm giving it to Marvel. Um, oh, yeah, I'm coming, listen. <laughs> yeah. so, and I, and again, uh, the way I do uh, the tiebreaker for me was percentage of comics from each that I buy and read that I enjoy. And Image this year had some of the very best comics, but some I thought fell flat. And well, certainly Marvel had a few that fell flat for me. I read more Marvel comics this year that I either liked and or loved than I didn't. And, uh, that's a rarity given how many comics they put out and how many of them I buy. So I had yeah. to, I had to reward them this year for, I think, the highest hit rate they've had for me personally in the time we've been doing the show. Wow. You know, the next time you go out to dinner with Ron, if your soups taste like pee, you're going to uh, know why. <laughs> uh, I'm in between, uh, Vince and Jason on this. Uh, what it comes down to for me is thinking about what comics would be without the, um, without the comics that, that the publisher, um, put out in that year and, uh, and thinking about what I would miss the most. Uh, and without a doubt for me, um, far and away, the comics I would miss the most come from Image Comics. And oh, we're split. They are, um, um, that is the place where creative people go to sell their ideas. And that, uh, that seals the deal for me. That's where creators create. And, uh, Image Comics is, is way far in front for me as, as publisher of the year. Oh, and the, uh, the listenership, um, this excites me. Coming in third and, uh, beating DC. Beating DC, beating, beat, <laughs> beating IDW, <laughs> beating, think about this. Beating, beating Dark Horse. Out, 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 dark Horse, That's IDW, wow. DC, um, so many other well-deserving companies that put out good work. But boy, does this talk about where comics have come and where they are going, but with uh, 3.6% of the vote, small, small percentage, but still 3.6% of the vote, Monkey Brain comes in as our number three publisher this year. Strong. Very strong. Good for them. How exciting. Oh, oh, so exciting. Okay, and coming in second place, and probably a rightful second place, um, because they've had some good stuff. I just don't read a lot of it. Um, 29.8% for, uh, for Marvel. And, um, uh, 
the uh, the listeners agree with Vince and I at an overwhelming rate of fifty two point four percent that uh, that image has uh, has claimed the top spot as uh, as the the best publisher in comics. There's that big boss number Jason yeah, was talking the only, about. The only 52. thing that beat Jordy's number that knocked her off the throne of the most dominant win was Image getting the only thing actually to get over majority this year, uh, which is uh, impressive. Yep. Um, be- before we move on, I do want to say, because I was just looking down this list just in terms of publishers, um, I was just looking at my own and just thinking about who the publishers were. So just going down, Marvel, Image, Boom, uh, Dark Horse, First Second, Fantagraphics, Boom, uh, well, Terry Moore's, uh, I guess, Abstract, uh, mm-hmm. Kickstarter, uh, mm-hmm. Self-Published, uh, Ad House, Dark Horse, Vertical, Self-Published. So, I mean, I just think it's cool, like I've said, that we're in a world where, you know, I mean, that's an eclectic mix of publishers, you know, there's, there's very few repeats. And, uh, I guess that's for me why Image didn't get my nod was because I, I, they only had one, they only had one book. Now, admittedly, it was the only thing that got three votes from me, but they only had one book out of all the, all the categories. So, for me, for my best. Yeah, and, and you know, the, once again, this is a, a favorites show. This is what you enjoyed this year, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, I look at what you know Image puts out on on a weekly basis, and there's always things there that I want to read. And uh, um, the, the they got added, my vote every year until they hired Ron. Yeah, I know. Well, he'll ruin shit. He, he will ruin shit. Um, but you know, the, the added benefit of knowing that this is, uh, um, a, a company that the stuff that they're producing is creator owned, very exciting. And you, you're getting new ideas. You're getting new stuff. And, uh, um, for me, yeah, a very easy choice. Very easy choice. All right. Here we go. The yep. final two, the big two. I got to thank Jason for giving me the uh, comic of the year category. Let me lead it off anyway. Um, I went with the book that uh, surprised, amazed, startled, scared, uh, disgusted um, me like unlike any other. Uh, written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, illustrated by Francesco Francavilla. My comic of the year is Afterlife with Artists. Yep. Worthy indeed, sir. Uh, and kudos to you for turning, uh, mm-hmm. almost onto it. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, this, um, this is the cherry on top of the man's ear, uh, which is, uh, by Dark Horse, uh, written and illustrated by Mr. Matt Kinn. I'm talking about mind management. It, uh, it's just again. It's. I just think it's a brilliant book on all levels. It's. Uh, you know. It's just. It's. It's got so many underpinnings, and 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 Matt just loves to. He's such an attention to detail. I mean, this book even has little tiny written hints to things on the inside. Uh, you know, of the inside bind staple, like on each page, it's like almost handwritten, and it's just uh, all these little nuances that 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 uh, tie the book into this much grander tapestry that. Than most comics can achieve, and uh, so uh, yeah, for me, that's the book that I just thought was the crowning achievement of the stuff I read this year. Uh, nice. So good on you, good on you, Matt. Um, I didn't have uh, ban. Okay, my one and one a. Um, my my <laughs> my my <laughs> runner up, um, Final Frontier. Uh, I nice. nice. 
so much fun reading this book. Um, only barely, barely eclipsed by my comic of the year, which was uh, Paul Post's Battling Boy. Respect. Yeah. It uh, needs, I want an oversized edition, and then it will be my 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 um, collected reprint of next year. So make that happen. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, for me, it was. Um, I, I got so much fun out of it, and it was it, it, it was the big doings, and and the lead up was pretty sweet, uh, and uh, it was all complete within the year, and and that is Infinity. Nice. Uh, uh, and the uh, the listeners went with uh, 5.1% went to Daredevil. Uh, 5.8% went to uh, Jason's much-mentioned tonight mind management. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, Thor God of Thunder at 6.4%. And Saga only gets 11.5% as your number one. But it's a giant 11.5%. For for those of you at home, uh, someone is not so subtly manipulating the spreadsheet and increasing the font size on the winner. So it blinks. Yes. And uh, last but certainly not least, our final category, and thank you to the listeners for bearing with us on this extra-sized episode. But we owed you one after last week. Yeah. Uh, our creator of the year. Oh, no. And, uh, this, uh, you know, this can go in a lot of different directions. You can go art, you can go writer, you can go combo. You could, you could do whatever you want, whatever the hell you want. Uh, you know, I'm waiting for Vince to go with Jack Kirby one of these days. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but for me, uh, my creator of the year, um, had to go to Hickman. Uh, you know, it was, again, it was really between he and Kim, uh, if you've listened to me talk the last two and a half hours. And again, as I said a little bit ago, I have to give it to Hickman simply because I think he did something that's so rare in comics, which is have a dominant year in both uh, big two event books and very creative uh, self-published creator-owned work. I just think very few guys can can do both uh, successfully and, and even fewer can do both successfully simultaneously. And Hickman did that this year. So had to give him my nod for creator o the year. Well, you just uh you just said exactly what I wanted to. There you go, buddy. Yep. Yep. I you know, it's you got to go with the obvious choice sometimes. Right. Agreed, which is uh why I went with Hickman. Nice sweep it, Vince. Yeah, it looks like I'm the oh. dick <laughs> Gary Panner uh, again. No, no, oh. no, no. My guy uh, thankfully reneged on a, on a, on a heartbreaking and, and very public proclamation early in the oh, year. Okay. Uh, he, yeah, he bounced back. Uh, I think far stronger and, and seemingly more enthusiastic than ever. Uh, just go down the laundry list of things he did in 2013. The, the amazing mystery object strip, uh, new chapters and print editions of Satan Soldier. The final frontier that Chris has mentioned, the uh, massive monumental Godland finale, his exciting and uh, upcoming writing and drawing gig and all his sketchbook examples uh, and musings on the uh, G.I. Joe Transformer series for IDW. He, he's done covers for Marvel, uh, Deadpool, Avengers. I'm talking about Tom Shore. 
by he is my creator of the year. And uh, let's see how the plebes voted. <laughs> they uh, picked uh, 6.8% of them picked Mr. Matt Kent in uh, fourth place. Brian K. Vaughn got 7.4% of the votes. Jason Aaron, God bless him, got another 7.4% of the votes, but the uh, winner by a landslide uh, with 38.3% is that uh, Jonathan Hickman guy. Woot woot. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, J- Jason was right. It is the year, was the year of the Hickman. He had a great year. A great year. He sure great. did. Sure yep. did. And we had a great year, and our listeners had a great year, and comics had a great For year. For real. For real. Mm-hmm. It's it's true. And you know who else had a great year from what we've been told? Discount Comic Book <laughs> yes. Service, because they were the, the sponsor of this whole right. mess. D- DCBService.com, where you can get pretty much everything we talked about here for not a whole lot of money. Solicit them. Throw money at them. It won't take much, and you'll get a lot of comics in return. DCBService.com. Oh, man, we did it again. We Look done, did it again. I'm exhausted. Yes. Again oh, and again. Great. Spent, I can go for another hour. Spent. I mean, before you go to bed, I mean, got some in your travels to do, right? No, fuck no. that. What? In, in, your, in, your <laughs> <laughs> in your travels. Read uh, comics. Yeah, read, read good ones. Everything we talked about tonight that you hadn't read this year, go back and find it. That's your travel in your it's travels. True. Okay, that's good. And, and thanks to everyone again. And, uh, one thing we, we rarely do ask for, but it is always nice and helpful is, uh, if, if you, if you see fit, by all means, leave us, uh, you know, a review, preferably oh, yeah. positive, but it doesn't have to be. We prefer it to be, uh, on iTunes is always helpful or, uh, or, or, me. Just me. or Stitcher or anywhere else. <laughs> and you can always follow us on the Twitter. Um, uh, I could be found at, uh, J-A-Y-B-W-O-D-J-B-Wood. Vince can be found at Vince V-I-N-C-E, B-O-N, like bone without the E, Vince Bon. David can be found at David A. Price, all one Twitter word. And, uh, well, who cares a shit about Neesman's Twitter because he's never on it. But theoretically, it's <laughs> on Twitter under C. Neesman, C-N-E-S-E-N. I chime in every once in a while. Every once in a while. You do. Yeah. Okay. And, and we're thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. We are. You know, you guys have a little, little bit of a fire under me. There's some stuff I need to go back and read. I'm a little excited. I'm telling you, dude, infinity. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, love it. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and, and it, it's, it's done. It's done. It was oh, good. Yeah. yeah, it's finished. Oh, fantastic. And you know what? You'll, you'll, you'll say, damn you no. guys. Cause now I, now no. I want to read more superhero no, no, comics. No, not going to happen. It's an, it's, it's an optimistic take on the Marvel Universe. And it doesn't start out that way, believe me, but it's awesome. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll take your word for it and maybe okay. I'll... Okay, maybe. Another year by the dust, boys. Yes, thank you for joining us in this this long excursion into the best of 2013. It was fun. It was fun. And uh, we... <laughs> what? Okay. No, I had a good and, time. And... <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking over you. That's okay. We we hope you'll join us again next week because we'll be here waiting for you. Same time, same feed, I guess you could say. Yes, and uh, we love you so freaking much we can't even tell love you. Love is a very strong word. Oh, it's the best word. Strong mm-hmm. word. Very strong. Bye. Say, say goodnight, good David. Good night, David. Yay. I had a magic hat, um, Heart of Darkness Stout tonight, by the way, for my drink roll call. Yeah. Yeah. And the whiskey. Pe- Peppy Max was the fuel for my God. Heart. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't. I was drinking uh, Blackstone Pinot Noir. 
Oh, nice. Very nice. Black Buffalo Trace. Yes. Wonderful. All right. We got that in. I think that's an, I, you know what? I say we adopt this every episode and do it at no. the end. <laughs> this episode has been brought to you by Pepe Mac. No. No, it really hasn't. No. No, it hasn't. I think it has. I'm going to go I get down about a gallon of DDP before I go to bed. <laughs> Good night, people. Good night. Bye. Hey, are we going to start with an all new number one next week? Oh shit, da- Jason! It didn't record. That's not even funny, dude. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's really I'd be funny. out, dude. Because yeah, I'm so. Well, David, so, I'd be out. I'm it. Nah, you're full of shit. You would not be. I'm, I'm so going to bed. Yeah. You, you would you would cast your friendship to the wind for a stupid. He'd still be your friend. Yeah. Friends, dude. I just yeah. don't podcast anymore. Shit. No, I don't believe it. You you so you got big balls coming out of your mouth. I don't think you'd, you would not spring into action on that one. Hopefully we're not put to the test. <laughs> this one didn't record, so fuck it. It's been a real boys. It was a great six years. Oh, are you believing us? If it didn't yeah. record, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.